This is the first time I feel like I'm doing real ninja shit, man. I'm so. <laughs> This is the Imperial Skulls of Honor podcast. I'm Josh Folan. And I'm Jay Baxter. And we're going to be bullshit about the formative years of console gaming as we revisit the periodicals that covered it again. Today we are full throttle on our ninja options via Natsumi's 1990 release of Shadow of the Ninja on the Nintendo Entertainment System. Emulation disclosure, so you know the tools with which we undertook this. I played on the Nestopia RetroArch Core, my PC, with a standard USB NES controller. Jay, how did you bang it out? I played the exact same way, brother. Word. Please rate and review the podcast if you like the shit that we're doing. It really makes us feel great about ourselves. And uh, what are we jamming on now, Jay? What are you What are you jamming on now? Some some doom, huh? Man. Mighty doom. Yeah. So dipping my toes into a few things these days. Um, first is mighty doom. So I have some I'm, doom to talk about too. How ironic. What? Oh, <laughs> doom, bro. Okay. So I love doom. I've played. Clearly, the original Doom 2, like, Doom 2 was, like, one of the pinnacle of gaming games for me as a kid. Like, Doom 2 and then Doom 3 and, you know, subsequently now as an adult playing Doom 2016, the latest Doom. And, like, I'm, I'm trying to work my way through the last one. It's still on my list. Like, I haven't finished it yet. But I love Doom. And, you know, being, working in the gaming industry that I do, I hear about these games, like, games that I wouldn't nor- normally just pop up on my radar, I guess. And this is one of them. You know, I, I love Doom, but, like, at the same time, like, I'm not really a mobile gamer. And this is a mobile game for your phone. Like, I don't really play on my phone. If I do, it's like I turn, I use the backbone and I'm playing Xbox games. You know, that's I'm generally pretty, how I do. The hairs on my arms are standing up just talking about it. So, right? yeah, it's, same way. So, <laughs> so, you know, I'm at work and people are talking about it at work. And so after hearing it a couple times, I'm like, okay, Doom, let me just check it out just, you know, out of curiosity. And it's pretty addictive, man. So it's a mobile Doom game. Like you're, it's almost like a roguelike. You're going through stages, like blasting enemies, and like the controls work pretty well. Like they're they they're nice. Like it, it's still a mobile game, but it's pretty. So what addictive, are you just you just are you just tapping on shit? No, you have like so you're using you're using both thumbs. Like one is your you know controlling the you know the Doom character the Doom Slayer around, and the other one is like um, you can. You have different weapons that pop up and do, you know, different damage because you it's kinda like Hades where you can pick up different power ups on each run. And so like you might do something that has an explosive shot or like get like um, a ricochet shot and you know, that type of thing. So every time you go through these stages, you're improving your Doom Slayer and then he goes and fights like this master imp or like a Deca Demon or something like that. And like it has like the glory kills, it incorporates them like it does in the game, and they give you health back like it does in the game. And, you know, it has, like, very well-done elements of the normal Doom games in this little, like, mobile, bite-sized, level-by-level, mm-hmm. roguelike format. And if you're, like, sitting in the car, like I was recently, as we were traveling, you know, on a long drive with family, you know, when I wasn't driving, I was actually playing that. And it was pretty a pretty fun, like, time-wasting game, you know what I mean? So That, that is well, the chief. The, the, what you just <laughs> described is, like, you're, like, if, if, uh... 
you know, the develop. We've talked about this before, but like the developers of something sitting somewhere and like could hear like just one random consumer playing it and consuming it in the exact way they intended it to be. <laughs> like, they'd be like, yes, 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 addicting, yes, yes, time killing, yes. <laughs> yeah. So how do they how do they mini transaction you, Jay? How do they how do they micro transaction you? Um, I'm actually not sure because I don't like I I haven't transacted it anyway. I can see though like that the way that you start to get upgraded materials and things like it feels like if I played it enough, I would reach a point where if I wanted to continue, I had to like pay, you know, instead mm-hmm. of waiting a certain amount of time. But like right. I was waiting long enough between playing that I never occurred, like that never happened to me. Yeah. So I don't know if that's a thing. I'm, I'm not sure. I haven't, I haven't come up against that paywall yet you know, or the pay to win aspect of it right now. It's just a lot of fun. So, okay. which is great. Word. So kudos to them. Um, outside of that, uh, dipping my toe, you know, playing some ESO from time to time, just on the raid team. Um, but the only other thing that I've played, which is a very interesting game. Have you heard of Valheim? Nope. So it is a Viking like survival game. It's a brutal Viking survivor game. And I wasn't sure. So it's out on Xbox now. It came out on like game preview and the funny thing, you know, at work, I heard about it through work. Somebody was like, hey. First person? Uh, no. So it's actually multiplayer. Like, if you think of, you know how, like, uh, what kind of games I think of? Kind of like Fallout, how you're, like, building you your Fallout or, like, Ark or something where you're out in the open world and you can build your own, like, home and survival place, but other people can build their own as well. It's kind of like that where uh, we had a bunch of people from work and we started a world. So we jumped into this like Norse Viking world and like this giant eagle like brings you in and drops you into this world and you just have to survive. So like at first you're in there with like a loincloth. That's an interesting cool setting, yeah, for that kind of game. I, yeah. Know, I, like, I like survival games. So that's that's, a, that's a one that hasn't been done yet, which is yeah, part of why Subnautica is just like, oh my God, like why hasn't someone done this yet? <laughs> like that's not quite as good as Subnautica, but that's that's a cool setting for sure. Yeah. I think the... The art style, though, is interesting because it feels kind of like World of Warcraft-ish. Like, it feels like the art could be updated. So I wasn't sure when we were playing it at first. And it was addictive. Don't get me wrong. I wasn't sure whether or not this game was, like, an older game that they were just bringing the console. But then, like, the more research, I'm like, no, it doesn't seem like that's the case. But apparently, like, 10 million people are playing it or something. So maybe... You know, it's 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 doing something right. You know, right. and it, it's fun enough. But like, I'm not sure it's fun enough to keep me engaged without a bunch of people. Like when I was playing it by myself, it still had me like engaged enough to understand, like to to want to learn more and figure out like what what kind of cool stuff can I craft. And once I started being able to craft stuff, you know, it it opened up the world to me and like different creatures can come out at night. So it's not just like. I mean, it's Norse, but it's a video game, so, like, all kind of weird creatures are coming out, so, you know, it has that magical, mythical aspect of it. And once, you know, everybody else got on, because we said, like, every two weeks we're going to try to play this game, so we had a session where we're like, hey, let's let's jump on, and people were walking around. So, you know, obviously, the best part of any multiplayer game is just shooting the shit and being able to talk, hang out while you play the game. Right. And I think, feel like this did a good job of that. I just don't know... Admittedly, I didn't play it long enough. I, I don't know if it has that, that like, really you know, le- longevity, that staying power. Is there a, is there a component to the co-op aspect of it that is 
truly cooperative or is it you're just everyone's in the world and kind of managing their own little system? Yeah, there is. So I know like the first um, the first objective is like to take down this enemy, like this being. Um, but like obviously when you get there and you have a loincloth, you're not even anywhere near doing that. You got to like make fire, make a camp, you know, do all that stuff and, and figure out how to make weapons, all that before you can fight the guy. So I got to the point where I was just doing things. We'd build a house and like I was just starting to build weapons. So I never fought the guy, but I know a couple of my coworkers did um, when I couldn't play one day. So, you know, that's the cooperative aspect where it's like, hey, you should, you know, not go take on this mythical get, being by yeah, yourself you with some, your club. You should get some roll dogs before you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that's Work. fun. Like it's it's anytime you're not OP and you're like, hey, I got to have some people with me. I'm going to be interested. That sounds interesting. Tell him to get it um, off a caveman machine and onto the Oculus. And I'll check it out. <laughs> <laughs> the answer to everything. Put it on VR. That's <laughs> I don't know. Sony's trying that and they're failing. Oh, uh, well, they're <laughs> failing because they have. I mean, that thing's got to be tethered to your fucking system and it costs a billion dollars. So that is true. Maybe, maybe, maybe. try to do it uh, in a more <laughs> consumable and financially achievable way and without being tethered to something like we're in the fucking. 20th century. <laughs> you I can't even folks. believe that that's... I, I just can't believe. It blows my mind, actually. Like, look at the marketplace. How many things need to be tied to something to work? How many of those headsets? Zero, motherfucker. So why the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> One thing, think? Josh. One thing. Money. Yeah. I guess, Blow but it's still that. expensive as fuck. How can it be... I mean, I understand the quality is high, but... Are the, the quality of the software whatever fucking processing of that thing but like if if you can't like fu- again it's it, it it's the simplest thing it always goes back to that simple fucking thing i told you the kitchen brothers thing like the, the it's in the human being's hands <laughs> like the human being has to not get bored or irritated or whatever to get to really consume the thing and enjoy all the things that you think are great about your little product you know what i mean you have to Get rid of the startup cost of it, you know. Um, and it is quite lit- literally or really figuratively. <laughs> yeah, literally or figuratively. Yeah, fucking stupid, man. <laughs> fucking dumb. Whatever. I don't have any Sony stock. Fuck it up. I don't care. <laughs> uh, word. Okay. 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 That's yeah. it. That is it, sir. What okay. about you? So I think I had downloaded this for our last main quest episode, but I hadn't. I, and I, I think I even fired it up, but I had not figured it out, gotten it going, and really been able to play it yet. So the, the coin game. So this is that indie developer deal where you're playing. You're not. It's funny. Like the more I, I like your avatar is not a kid. <laughs> like it does not look like a kid. But it's everything else about it suggests you are a child. Uh, but you play as this individual and you have a like you live at your your mom's house you never see your mom there's never any adults all the uh people or adults that you interact with are robots so it's like this very kind of i don't know but it doesn't act like you're in you're not in a futuristic world at all it like it feels it's kind of time um, what's what's the word? Like, yeah, irrelevant. Uh, Times irrelevant. Yeah, not yeah. It's agnostic, not, it's not time agnostic or something. There you go. That's a, yeah, something like that. So yeah, I mean, it, it, like it could be the '80s. It could be modern. I don't know. But yeah, so you play as this. Like you're like a kid. You don't have a like a re, you don't have an adult life. You have all this free time, 
and you wake up in the morning. It's a twenty-four hour. It's all. It's a survival game. It's, you know, funny like that. It's set up like a survival game in that you have stats that you have to maintain. You have energy and health, and the health is basically you can take damage doing dumb shit out in the world, like from. Um, Things just harming you, but it's more about like just eating to keep your fucking self alive. And it's like it's all junk food that you can eat. So like everywhere, there's like a gas station where you can buy shitty junk food. The and the whole game is about going to that. You want to go to these arcades and play video, play games. Um, not all video games. There are some video games, but it's more about. I told you this. You know the kind of the whack a mole games, the ticket games, yeah. skee ball, shit like that. Um, and there are. It's just amazing how many of them there are. I can't believe how many this independent developer has built into this world, different types of games. And it even even on top of, like, the different types of games, it even has, like, you know, if you go into an arcade, like, they'll have, like, four of the same game with different skins, basically, you know, like, yeah. a different branding on essentially the same functional thing. Uh, it even has, like, that. like But, you know, and it's not just a skinning. It's, like, there's slight tweaks to the way it works, but it's essentially the same game. and it, But it has a completely different branding. So it's, like, yeah. it is, you know, there's, and there's pop machines and the tickets and all these dumbass things you can get. And you gotta, I told you, you got a goose and, and, and a fish tank you gotta take care of, so you have, like, these responsibilities. <laughs> and your mom wants you home by curfew <laughs> at 9 p.m. or she gets pissed off. And you gotta earn money to... Mom, 9 p.m. Yeah, you gotta earn money to be able to play the game. So you can do a paper route, you can cut this neighbor's grass, you can babysit for some neighbors. So again, it's you're not an adult at all. You're certainly a either preteen to early teen. teen. Yeah. Teen. So and like, you know, dude, like the it's so it's such a weird, charming game. Like the grass cutting thing, dude, is an amazing mini game. It's so monotonous, but it is somehow so satisfying because they were able to get like the grass. You can miss blades and stuff and like the whole thing is the guy won't pay you until you cut it right so you like you gotta fucking like you gotta do it right and he's got like one of those shitty old like cartoon push mowers things you know so it's like you gotta like fucking you know (laughs) not fuck it up and like get it done and you gotta do this you know you have like i said you gotta get home by curfew too so you want to play your games but you gotta earn money so you gotta do your chores and like the paper route is amazing like you you know it's the same it's the same houses every day so you learn the route so, like, I've, like, learned to optimize it in a way, and you can, you know, there's roads and stuff. It's, like, this little quiet rural town, but, you know, you, like like a kid would, you learn, like, there's little paths. You can, you got a bike, you ride your bike around and shit, and you, like, learn to fucking mountain bike through a little area to save so yourself some time. So, you're reliving your childhood. That's, yeah, that's oh, dude, yeah, hardcore. <laughs> well, I never, I wasn't able, I lived too far out and didn't get a bike until too late. I never had any of these jobs, even though I wanted them as kids, as a kid, mm. a paper route and all that. So, I'm actually living childhood vicariously fantasy. through this video game that I was unable to uh, uh, live like as a child to earn my own money, but that's another topic. So, anyways, that's the <laughs> that's the world. Uh, but it's you know it's an indie developer. It's like the controls are not. It's I think part of it is intentional. I think you know you're you're a kid and like everything's it, it kind of captures like the awkward idity of being that age. I think like the biking like you're not like a pro am fucking bicyclist. You know you're like fucking. It's a little fucking weird and like sometimes you. <laughs> come off things and it doesn't go the way you want you know and you can wreck and shit and it's like it it's it's it kind of feels like it's intentional but i'm sure it's also a little bit just it's a independent developer that can only do so much functional wise uh, so yeah it was there was a lot of startup cost to it and i wasn't able to figure out how to do i ended up watching probably 20 minutes of tutorials like that's how intrigued i was by the world and the games and stuff of yeah tutorials? yeah to like figure that's... out how to do simple shit like 
there's the, the paper route, route, for example, in particular. That's the most appealing side job to me. So I couldn't figure out how to put the papers in the box. Like the stupidest thing ever. Like I can pick shit up. I can put it in my inventory. That was all super intuitive. But like when I would get it to the box, it would like jam in funny and I just couldn't get it to go in. I was like, what the fuck, man? I was like, is this broke? Am I dumb? Like what's going on here? And it's like you, it's because you have to. And this is just a perfect example of like it just, it, it needs some money and some smoothing to make it, I think, really consumable by the masses. But you got to pick the papers up by one, like the very end of the paper. So you're like focal point on your cursor when you push it into the box is actually going into that small mailbox you know or paper box so it's like if you don't have it by the very end of the paper it'll just clunk and fucking go all sorts of stupid places so like just really dumb shit like that that can be a little confusing or frustrating at times but once you get all that shit figured out dude the game loop is really, 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 really good, dude. The arc- like I said, the arcade games, there are just so many childhood bangers, man. The skee-ball is fucking amazing. It is so much fun. It is so, so, so <laughs> much fun. And the fucking the thing I actually play the most probably, even more than skee-ball, is the quarter-pushing thing. So, like, it's those where you drop really? a quarter in. Yeah, you, uh, dude, I hate I those in I, real life. What oh, my God, you, I can't explain it, dude. It's so, it's so good. It's so good because they have, like, they have like you know, like a word you can spell for a bonus, and there's like you don't even get the toys. You already have these toys in your room, but they're like you get them, and they they like uh, they're like extra money. Like so, you could because the thing is that this game, as it would in real life, you can if you're good at it, you can basically not run down your cash reserves. And there's like big goals to save for too. You can buy a golf cart. From this dude, if you want to stop having to pedal a bike around, you know, there's like big things to save for. And you also want to be able to buy the, get these really cool toys that take a million tickets from the fucking ticket thing. So there's, you know, there's reasons to not burn through your cash on top of just running out of money to play games with. Uh, so, so yeah, you, you play this one and you can play it. And like, if you get enough money to drop down, it's essentially a net zero to play the game, but you still get tickets, you know? So it's like, Again, I'm always, what's the most efficient system, you know? So, like, whatever. It's just fucking it, little shit like that. So much fucking fun. And there's, so there's a bunch of different locations. So we have, you know, there's, like, a little rinky-dink arcade that's, right right there in the town center. There is this, like, family fun center on the one side of town that is, you know, it's like they got a putt-putt course there. They have... Shit ton of arcade games, of course. They have like a pizza joint in the place. That you How can much buy putt putt have you p- played at that? Game? I actually haven't played the putt putt on there. Uh, I have because, dude, it's it's it, you don't have enough time. Like you really <laughs> are. You do feel the pressure. It does a great job of like giving you enough time to go out and do shit and get things done. But you feel the pressure of I got to get home so mom doesn't isn't pissed <laughs> off. And like you got to stop and you got to get your damn goose food. You got to feed that fucking goose and you got to feed the fish <laughs> you and you got to have goose. Yeah, you gotta. Yeah, you gotta like. You gotta do all this shit. You gotta. Eat, you gotta feed yourself. You buy these kids like the thing. Like the best thing for food, you can buy. Like I said, a bunch, a bunch of dumb, shit, uh, a bunch of places. But you can get. They sell at the, at the like convenience grocery joint. A their their kids cuisines is what they are, dude. Their kids cuisines. You know, it's it's fucking like the the frozen dinners for kids. Oh my uh, god! Yeah, so you gotta like you got like get those. You gotta get home. You gotta put it in the microwave. Cook that fucker for like a minute. Take it out. Eat it. You know, and like there's just. And then do you have you, to do you, homework you, too? Like, do you, have uh, to- you don't have to do homework. It's summertime. I think it's the summer is, is the vibe I get. 
But uh, yeah, just a lot of really fun shit. You feel the pressure for sure. And um, so there's on the one side of town, there's that family fun center. I found a carnival on the other side, like a full on carnival, dude. And it's got rides you can ride. It's got all the like pop, pop the balloons, shoot the fucking things with the shitty gun like it's got all that shit there dude and you know a bunch of cotton you know fucking the junk food there is in the carnival vein it's just it's so much and so well so many built out things that make it so much fun if you can get past like i said that startup cost and it's like it's the kind of thing it's it is very bite-sized because you have that finite window and like I mean, you could certainly play more than one day. It's not like timed, or you're not limited to one day per day or anything. But like, you know, it's I don't. It it, it would be you'd have to be really into it, I think, to sit down and play multiple days in one sitting. So like, you know, it's a great thing if like you have the time at the end of the day to spend twenty thirty minutes just a just a wind down thing that is just all fun. There's no. <laughs> It's like a total casual gaming experience that is really fun and just like I said, so much personality and charm to it. Uh, it's it's really really great. So yeah, I cannot recommend that enough. And I, it's fucking like I said, some cheap out fifteen dollars or something. It's so reasonably priced. Uh, there's claw games in it too, which I fucking love. It's, yeah, there's just so many so many good things. Yeah, so played a ton of that. I'll probably be popping into that here and there. And there is like. I think it, ha- like I said, there is an end game to it, at least to like the main story or whatever, the main quest. So there will be a point that I'll kind of finish it, I think. But e- I, like the, the, like I said, the game loop, the daily game loop, is where the, mu- the 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 real juice of it is, I think. So it's the kind of thing that, like, if you enjoy it, it'll be it, you'll it'll be there forever, I think, to enjoy oh. the way that I think is most optimally. <laughs> consume it's meant to be most optimally consumed and as i mentioned also last time the developer is just i mean this dude it's his it's his baby and you know it's there's like i told you this too there's like signs like the atm so you can save there um, there'll be some saving incentive maybe you get interest i don't know what it'll be but there's an atm at the convenience store and it's got he actually when when the developer is working on things in the world he just puts a like under construction sign in front of it you know so like it's there and it's being worked on, but it's not ready yet. But in the world, like that's acknowledged. He's like constantly developing new things in the world, you know. So it's yeah, it's really, really tended to, and there's just a ton of charm with it. It's really fucking great. Something you should support, even if you hated the game. I think the guy should be supported. <laughs> uh, so that's that. And then Divinity Sin, Amy and I actually beat the first one this week. The other, yeah, the other night, nice. beat the Void Dragon. I posted the video of that. It was, uh, Great game, ton of fucking work. The end was like a little for we almost. I was like kind of like fuck. I'm you know by the end, I was kind of there's like there's a little bit of game breaky stuff. Like we had like I don't know if it was the exact same thing that got us off of it as I described the first time we tried it, however long ago it was. But there is like some game breaky shit in it. The menus will fuck up sometimes. We kind of towards the end figured out the work around, turn the controller off, fucking you can just save and come back and everything's fixed, at least temporarily. So there's like some just UI shit that was frustrating with it that I didn't necessarily care for. So I was kind of happy to see it go by the time we were done with it. <laughs> uh, but it was a good game for sure. And I mean, the the role-playing aspects of it and uh, how D&D-esque it is, highly recommend Definitely don't skip it if you haven't played these. But we moved into, we actually, when we got home, went and saw some play last night, got home and fired up the second one. 
last oh, night. So we, yeah, so, so, so we just started. We're not going to be able to. You need a game pass or you need some sort of thing to play multiplayer, actually. We were trying to figure out how to start the game because it just says single player is like the local thing on the like start a game option list. And oh, you want these separate Xboxes? No, 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 no. We we were able to start a local game, but, but okay. it, it's it is the single player version. So we, it, my point being, we were just a little unsure what to do. So we were started picking the like host a game thing. And I know you mentioned you want to be able to pop in too. So I was seeing if I could start like just making sure that I wouldn't wall myself off to that option if I could start it with just a local. You know what I mean? I was just like yeah, yeah. figuring it out. So. When we went to the host a game option, where an online uh, enabled game or whatever, it pulled up this thing. You got to subscribe to Xbox some shit or other, you know, some sort of something that allows you to do online multiplayer. Oh yeah, so, you need gold. Do you do you not right. have no? Oh, because you stop. Yeah, what the fuck would I have that for? <laughs> that is, it's basically the online thing. Like you have to have it to play online, even if like right. you were on PlayStation, like you had to have like whatever right. their. Thing you, know, you, you know what I don't have? PlayStation. You know what I don't play? Xbox. <laughs> oh, you have it. Just get Game Pass back and it covers that as well. And you're I don't want either one of those things. <laughs> you're limiting yourself. You're limiting yourself. To um, not really. Anyway, so we started that and just got into kind of the... Uh, we just got out of the tutorial stage, I think, before we went to bed last night. So we're cooking on that. And the UI is definitely better. It feels cleaner. There's, like, little mm-hmm. tiny improvements, I feel. Told you. Yeah, so it's... it's it's, But it is... It's it's a remarkable how, like... You know, it was trying to show us the tutorials. And we're like, we don't fucking need these. It's just like... It's, it's, it, it is the same thing, just a little cleaner, you know? Um, so... There's no, there was no startup cost to that. Converse to, fucking the coin game at all, you know, which was nice that we just kind of already had the familiarity with everything and how to do everything. All the functionality is the same. Buttons, everything was the same. Just looks better. Cool. So that was uh, something we got going. So this is the, the other big thing. Okay. So I got wind. The Let's Talk Oculus podcast was talking about Duke Nukem 3D. I've kind of heard it a few places. Duke Nukem 3D VR on um, Oculus. So I was like. I kept hearing, I'm like, I got to figure this out. I got to, I got to see what, you know, like, I understand it's the original game. Like, I didn't think I was finding a new game or some like really built out remaster or anything, but I mean, I love Duke Nukem and the idea of playing it VR, even if it it was going to be a flat sprite thing, like, let me check it out anyways, you know? So, something down this whole fucking rabbit hole that, uh, there's this application called SideQuest, which is Amazing, of course. <laughs> so it's called SideQuest, and it allows you to do all kinds of shit on that headset that I didn't know was possible. And I'm sad as fuck that I have spent like at least two years of this thing not knowing that all this shit was possible. And this has been around for a while. So Duke Nukem is definitely achievable. A group of indie devs called, the, called themselves Team Beef dropped a pretty solid mod of it not so long ago. You can subscribe to their Patreon at, it's like six fifty a month, I think, and that's for access to their beta stuff. Like they haven't they haven't officially released it. Once they officially release things, you can just get it for free, you know. But if you want, and they're doing a bunch of shit. They're actually working on uh, what is uh, one of the one of the Elder Scrolls. They're they're modding one right now, Morrowind maybe. Uh, which I fucking I'll be all over that. I've never played those the the ones prior to Skyrim. I've never played any of them. So when that drops, I'll fucking be all over that. So 650 a month I think is a pretty reasonable thing for like access to 
fully functional and playable. Like, it's not, like, all fucked up or anything, but it's just not officially released yet. Um, so, they've yeah, they've done a bunch of games. They've done some, actually, this for this, for you, dude, uh, they have some Star Wars games that they've... Jedi fucking, I don't know what any of them are, but they're fucking... You know, they're, they're taking old games, so it's one you probably haven't played or at least played in a long time, right. and you'll be able to play it in VR on your Oculus, basically, if you get this. Oh. So, uh, yeah, Jedi Fallen Order or some shit. What? I don't know what the fuck it's called. That's, that'd be ridiculous. Uh, that would so, be yeah, it's fucking amazing. So they're doing a lot of cool shit. Can't recommend enough. And they also, I, so I get into the side quest thing. That's just one thing that's on the side quest thing. So that's where I scored that. I don't know if you saw the video, dude. The VR Duck Hunt. Did you see that? No, I did not. Oh my god, dude! So this is free. You can just download this off SideQuest. There's a million things actually on SideQuest you can download for free. Most I mean, of it's I, I think I saw a video of it. Yeah, yeah, I didn't. Okay, like, it's try. fucking incredible, dude. It's it's amazing how good it is. It's like the thing starts. You're in. I mean, you know, it's very. They don't try to make it modern or anything. It's it feels like they've created a 4D or a, a four uh, wall version of the one screen of duck hunt and the thing starts and the, you see the zapper in the space you pick it up and then the game starts and then the ducks just start flying around and it fucking it shoots a little red like laser line you know out of your gun when you shoot them and like it fucking works great dude and it was free it's fucking awesome just such a cool i was so pleased that that was just you know like i said this was not my objective when i I just opened. I actually, I was trying to figure out how to make three, Duke 3D work, <laughs> and I saw that, and I was like, it like diverted me for a few minutes. I was like, oh fuck, I gotta see what that is, you know. So there's a lot of cool shit on there that, you know, again, these are just like little indie developer pet projects and stuff that's on the side quest. Really great, yeah. And, and uh, it reminded me that we live in a very beautiful time, Jay. So yeah, so there's so there's games on there. There's also I was telling you when we were playing Demio yesterday that there's a bunch of cool home environment mods. So like that you know that when you fire your Oculus up, there's the home environment. Uh, I downloaded one that yeah is the it's Peach's Castle lobby from Mario sixty four where you start on the the sun emblem on the thing and you can look up. And, and, like, the coins are on the shelf and all the doors that you go into and the music's playing and shit. It is a perfect 3D <laughs> VR rendition of that lobby from Mario 64. So just way cooler than any of the home ones, of course. And there's a bunch of that shit on there. So those are there. So there's another app called Quest Z Doom. It's not from Team Beef. It's another developer. But they can run all the big FPS games of the Doom area from ID. So Doom and Doom 2, obviously. But they also have Heretic and Hexen. That's what's behind me right now. So these are the Raven software-developed medieval fantasy adaptions on that same engine. They licensed the Doom engine. And then kind of they ID ended up publishing the games for them. So these are my... I loved these fucking games even more than Doom of that era. Hexen in particular, like, I had forgotten. I couldn't believe how... You know, it's still flat sprites. But I couldn't believe how good it looks. <laughs> it's like, because there's, there's like little environmental things that were in Hexen, like, you know, leaves blowing off trees and stuff that they are able to incorporate. And it, it, it's, it, I can't believe it, how good it looks, even though it still feels, you still feel the flat sprites, but it's great, dude. And fucking played the shit out of the app. There's a Quake app as well. And... So, yeah, I got all so that's six games right now that I can play. And there's other ones, too. And all you got to do, you know, it's they they have they don't have the game in it. You got to go out and get the WAD file for Doom or the WAD file for Heritage, whatever, which obviously anyone can find. Um, I don't feel bad because I played these fucking games and bought them at the time. So I don't give a fuck about. <laughs> so you got me. But the Internet Archive 
has all the wad files. You just find that, and the side quest allows you to. You have to, you know, like I said, you have to look up a a video to to learn how to do it. But it, I mean, it'll take you ten minutes. And when you install side quest, it turns it allows you to. It has a file manager app inside of it that allows you to just upload things to your Oculus. You know, so drop the wad file into this folder, and then just when you open this app on in your side quest thing. Um, it just fires the game up, dude. <laughs> it just, it just, you know, you literally one click and you're playing fucking Heretic or Doom or whatever it is. And everything, it's all, the controls are fucking great. It's just, it's all fucking awesome. And so, yeah, I fell into Hexen real bad, played the shit out of that. And I, I've forgotten how much depth there was to that game, dude. There's like, everything spins off these hub worlds and you're going into, I just couldn't believe. In my, in my memory of it, it was just this very linear FPS just shooting shit constantly kind of thing, but it's not. There's so much more to it. Problem-solving puzzles, switch bullshit. There's, like, a lot to it that I... Uh, Metroidvania kind of backtracking things that I just did not remember at all uh, when I was playing it ever so long ago. So that looks great, but I, I got into the Quake one this week, or maybe it was last week, but, you know, Quake is... It's hands... I mean, you know, it's the one that came out after the later than all these, so, of course, probably it would be better. It's also a fully 3D space... It's like it's actually polygonal. It's like the most basic bitch polygons you can get on a sprite or on a character, uh, but it is still polygonal in 3D. So of course, you know for those reasons, it's gonna translate to VR better and look better and all that. It is fucking great, and it's just it's for that reason I guess maybe it just functions a little better. It feels better. It's and I wasn't of all those games like I played Quake. I had it. I've never played the Quake. Yeah, I, it, it was the one that I have the least nostalgia for, for sure. But in this setting, and this format, I'm enjoying Quake more than any of them. It's fucking what? really, really, really good. And I'm so curious. I don't know this. I haven't explored it yet. I don't know how the deathmatch works. I don't know if it's possible. I'd be surprised if it's not, especially for Quake, because Quake is such a... That's what made Quake big, you know, was the deathmatch shit. So... If we could deathmatch, yeah, I think it would be fucking dope, dude. I think it would be really dope. So we should explore that. But yeah, I played a, just a ton of that shit. And like, dude, it's so tiring, man. It's like, you know, it's just like we talked about we playing Doom 2016 in VR. You know, it's like, it's a lot, man. It's just a lot. To have that, happen, to have that kind of shit happening in a 3D space and you're physically up moving that around and dealing with exhausting. it. Yeah, it's, it's a fucking lot. It's not as bad as Doom. Like, Doom 2016 was bad, dude. Like, that was really fucking just a assault on your senses. This is not that bad, but uh, it's... You don't want to literally be fighting demons. like <laughs> Right, yeah, yeah. Fighting yeah. for this, your life. This still feels like a game, but it is, yeah. it is, it's definitely more engaging than your, your uh, most of the, the VR experiences I've had. So that's, yeah, that's just the whole thing. And yeah, you gotta, dude, oh my God, Google it, do it, get it, check it out. And if you get into it, let's try to fucking play test the multiplayer thing. So, so that yeah, that's the big shit. The two little VR things that are dropping the the walkabout mini course, walkabout mini golf new course drops on the twentieth next whatever it would be next maybe what is that Thursday? Yeah, they're usually on Thursdays I think, but it's another in their Lost City series, dude. So this is the this is an Egyptian themed one, which oh. yeah, that's easily okay. my favorite, like in okay. most intriguing historical lost civilization deal and i cannot fuck away for that so next thursday let's fucking play that and then yeah it was you know we, I, most of our followers probably noticed but we got our first fucking full company demio game yesterday uh, me, yeah me you and jab yeah. uh with a run through <laughs> uh the roots of evil campaign uh, so that's pretty dope 
And now let's talk about Shadow of the... Uh, what is it called? Shadow of the Ninja. <laughs> Shadow <laughs> <laughs> Appropriately bringing us into the beginning of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's the year 2029 AD. Three, six years from now, this is going down. That's it's always Whoa. funny. Yeah, it's always funny <laughs> how like I don't know. It's funny that we're this old. I guess it's really, so much really what we're analyzing there is that we're this happened, old. Man, yeah, yeah, according yeah, to video yeah, games yeah. by now, so much right, stuff. Right? Yeah. <laughs> So, it's the year 2029 AD, and a madman controls the largest city in America. The Emperor Garuda and his followers have built an impregnable stronghold as a monument to his evil. Conventional forces have been unable to stop his malevolent plans for total control, but Garuda is worried. Reports have reached him that two figures have breached the outskirts of his city defenses. For the first time, he feels an inner chill, for he knows the invaders are ninjas. <laughs> That's fucking great. <laughs> you had better be scared, motherfucker. Ninja options don't play. So, Hayati and Lady yeah, Cade are ninjas Kade. of the Iga clan. Their mission is to infiltrate the fortress of Garuda and destroy his wicked empire. They are armed with the weapons of ninjutsu, the katana, the shuriken, and the kusi sarigama. Listen to all those ninja options, Jay. Let's <laughs> fucking go. Together, they may, <laughs> they may give the strength to topple the empire. They may have the strength to topple the empire, sorry. M some solid verb choices there and that not baby talk, impregnable, malevolent. You know, yeah. words like that. and that Make you look them up so. in a dictionary. If you don't know, you better get learned up. <laughs> right. Yeah, so Natsumi's not fucking around on that copy. I dig it. What kind of game is Shadow of the Ninja, Jay? Of course, being that this is 1990, this is a side-scrolling action platformer, naturally. Tis. Tis. The game was released on August 10th, 1990 in Japan, and then it had a December 1990 release in the U.S., which... Means I fucked this up in the mag ep, and this game should technically not be considered in our game ep eligible pool yet. I'm sorry I failed you, Lord Disciples. Please commence summary execution and do not mourn me. Dun, dun, the, dun. <laughs> the cover art and artwork, a, the cover art on the box is a real badass oil illustration focusing on two badass American ninjas, a male and a female. The male clearly getting top billing here, though. The female is very clearly relegated to cast ID number two on the call sheet based on her presence in this art uh at least they don't have her in a ninja bikini she's relatively covered in what appears right. to be a respectable crimson colored gi which shocking you know shocking, yeah exactly is, is a step forward for a 1990 ninja or action game of any kind i guess i should say they gave her uh, the the deep diving cleavage so there's a little you know they, they, they give you a little yeah. hint a little right. bit but they're like we'll give you a sexy ninja but you gotta be a ninja <laughs> <laughs> He's still got to be a respectable ninja. The dude does have his guns out and a sleeveless get-up, and the aforementioned Kusiar, Kusari Gama, a sickle in his belt with no sheath over the blade of any kind, and that is seemingly a very serious safety concern for a dude likely moving quite fast with a great deal of external stimuli to process at all times and deal with, but... What have you, you're a ninja, do what you fucking want, I guess. <laughs> uh, and they both have their katanas at the ready. So, yeah, they're, it's very, very badass ninjas for sure. There's a blue sky border, Natsumi on a small banner in the top left, and then the title treatment over the illustration has a blade feel to the font, and I, I dig that. There's a pennant in the bottom left highlighting that this is a one- or two-player joint. Hallelujah. We fully embrace that, and we'll talk about it uh, later. 
The back has the standard three screenshots. Nice set pieces chosen for those, in my opinion. There's the airfield and city skyline backgrounds. A large samurai boss, which is probably the prettiest boss, with the exception of maybe the last one, I guess. But you don't want to put that on a box, you know. Have yeah. save, save something. Save something for for the player. And then a, a full screen foreground tank, which is, yeah, the, the Contra boss, as you put it, which yeah. is uh, obviously Respect a great set piece. Yeah. yeah. See, so the copy back here is a condensed version of the manual synopsis I read, and then a few tantalizing bullet points are back here. Uncover hidden weapons to increase power. Master the tactics of stealth to defest the enemy. And I'm guessing they mean defeat there. That actually is a typo, not me fucking up the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and it's one, two, or one or two player game, and that is uh, worth reiterating uh, without question. So the manual, which is in the show notes, is a tight 16 pages, full color cover, and a wee bit of color on the innards. There's an orange and purple shading on the illustrations and, and choice fonts accompanying the black text. So on page seven, is, they're covering controls here, and the title for it is Directing the Ninjas. I fucking love that, of course. Yeah. The page eight is the start of a series of breakdowns, and we begin with weapons. So they go over the three that we mentioned in the synopsis, actually. So there's the katana. This is the main weapon of the ninja warrior. This is the first weapon that the character uses in the game. There are bonus items scattered throughout the game levels that increase the area of attack for this weapon. They do not mention here that it is useless and you don't ever want to pick it up. <laughs> yeah, I'm like that. I was playing with that a lot early on, you know, and I'm like, so that's why I kept talking about hitbox issues. Just like, all right, can I get there? No, no, I got to yeah, scoot yeah. a little closer. Dude, no. Like, oh. This game, this game is all about the Kusarigama. But we'll get to that in a moment. First, we have the Shuriken. These powerful missile weapons increase the range of attack from the ninja. They have a limited supply. And then, yes, the illustrious Kusarigama. This weapon can be fired at an upward angle as well as straight up. The item has a long reach for devastating attacks. And huh. it's weird, I guess, that they don't mention the bombs here. I guess it's in the pickups. But... Why is it not a weapon? I don't know. If the shurikens are a weapon, why is that not a weapon? Yeah. See, I guess here's the thing. It's not a ninja option, Jay. Bombs are not. Bombs are a bombs weapon, are <laughs> but they're not a ninja option. And this should be called the breakdown. This is not, nin- this is not weapons of the ninjas. Yeah. <laughs> he right, he right. might find one out in the wild from some like grunt who would dare to use such a thing. <laughs> right. And he would right, use right. them to their advantage for sure. But that's not yeah. their standard toolkit. That is not the. That is yeah. What would be? There's there's. I had a second to come up with some copy there. There's some good. What's the like, the code of the ninja or something? There's something real. There's something super fun there. Yeah. <laughs> Page nine is a level breakdown titled Garuda's Empire. And there are five stages highlighted here. We'll cover these in our playthrough one by one. Three pages of cool monochrome enemy breakdown doodles follow that, and then a page of item breakdowns that also have little doodle visualizations. And they first show the item boxes that you find shit in, and these are a little box with a scroll tied up on top, and that's really cool. And then the items are the scrolls, increase the range of the weapon you're using, and I think that only applies to the katana. It clearly doesn't apply to the shuriken. Those go across the screen no matter what, and you can't extend the reach of the... Of yeah, the sickle, I feel like I only saw one scroll anyway, so it's kind of like... Me too, me too. Uh, they're probably hidden or... Uh, yeah, that's we'll, that's we'll talk mm. about that when we get in there, I guess. That's certainly something, a, a discussion topic. So then they have the, the, the bombs here as an item, like I said. And they describe these as delayed action weapons you can toss at enemies. And then there is a couple pages of dense legalese bullshit to close it out. And that is the manual... Notable history and game genie codes that didn't make me feel like I was cheating, Jay. 
Or ones, uh, I guess, that maybe maybe did make you feel, depending on how you approach the game. <laughs> Very important topics. So, interestingly enough, you know, this game is called Shadow of the Ninja. That's what it's called in North America. That's what we're talking about. It was released as such in Japan originally. Uh, but it was later released in Europe as Blue and Australia as Blue Shadow. So, I don't know why you'd make that change, or if they're just highlighting just the the male ninja but it's a weird option it's a weird change in my opinion yeah i agree localization back then they were so that was such a you know we've talked about that before they were so up you know so sure that like that shit couldn't travel over borders and you had to and there are certainly situations where it is appropriate especially when you get into like a word meaning and translated means something different yeah like sure but and i guess that's possible maybe but i mean europe Obviously, Europe and Australia are English-speaking, so or not Europe, but uh, Western Europe, most of Western Europe, I guess, at least. Maybe that's it. Maybe some of the Latin-speaking Western Europe companies are uh, not Latin, but um, Spain or something fucking is a wonky translation for Shadow. Hopefully. Or for Ninja. Uh, for Ninja, you know, because there's no Ninja. Oh, Blue Shadow. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah, maybe. Yeah. They're like, Ninja, what is that? There's not a word, you know? Either that <laughs> or does, you know. I guess really I would theorize there, yeah, that's that's probably the focal point of that. And the, I would theorize there that we were ninja nuts in America, and that probably was not a thing anywhere else, you yeah. know. And, like, being a ninja was not this, like, automatically intriguing thing to kids there, yeah. at least in their, these fucking, you know, companies' bigwigs' perception. Yeah. And so, yeah, uh, that, is, it, that is pretty fun. Yeah. It, but what I think is more interesting... A port was planned for the Game Boy, but it wasn't called Shadow of the Ninja. It wasn't called Blue Shadow. It was rebranded as Ninja Gaiden Shadow. I heard some sh- someone was saying some shit about Ninja. I think yeah, I saw someone talking about this and didn't know what they were saying. So that's it. It was a Game Boy. Yeah. And it did not. It was not released. So it just yeah. I don't think it was actually. Oh yeah, no, it was released in in the rebranded form as Ninja Gaiden Shadow. Okay. Okay. So that's what they were saying. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. Yeah, it's fully. Oh yeah, because I'm looking at the the cover of it. I've seen that Game Boy game, like with that. That's fascinating. And it's not. Does it look like? Does the screenshot look like a Ninja Game Gaiden game? Or oh, the 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 Game Boy cover looks. It's a hundred percent a Ninja. Gaiden. I'm saying the actual the game, but the gameplay, gameplay itself. Man, it looks. It. I mean, it looks like both. It looks like well, it looks like the sprite from the game we just played. It actually looks kind of. Okay. Yeah, it kind of looks like that's so interesting. Huh. Yeah. I mean, it's not exact. You know, it's not exact sure, like course. the sprite, but definitely not exact Ninja Gaiden. It's kind of in the so, middle. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's fun. Okay. 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 Oh, it's a Game Boy side quest that or something. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. It's only a matter of time before Jab Forces is down an RPG Game Boy side quest anyway, so. Oh my gosh. Yeah. RPG uh, Game Boy. <laughs> I don't know if I could look at that much um, that color scheme for that monochrome. Long. Well, we oh, could, man. you know, you could, we could, you could play it with the Game Boy color and at least get some four that's a four true. color thing or something. Anyway, we're, we're stretching, we're stretching. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's we got enough tangents as this. But I, I will say, in terms of Game Genie codes, all right, Game Genie, unless you have a friend on the couch next to you or via Parsec across the world. Game Genie is necessary, and you're not really going to feel like you're cheating. Um, <laughs> that said, I used Infinite Continues, 
I felt like that was just, you know, because I wasn't sure how many continues I was going to have, but just as a, I want to keep the playing. The answer to that generally. question is five, uh, yeah. <laughs> which is not a lot, I think, for the game. I agree. We clearly found that out. And yeah. I think just in general, having unlimited continues just kind of now is like, yeah, I, I don't want to kind of stop playing the game. Give me that. <laughs> um, yeah, right, right. I also used infinite shurikens because I wanted to get some shuriken action happening. But then they never go away, right? So you just wanted um, some range. No, they go away if I pick up something else. Oh, so when you get shurikens, they okay. I copy, yep. copy. Okay, that's that's. I was gonna say that's a little bit of a game breaker. But yeah, if that's how it works or implements, that's actually pretty cool. Okay. Yep. So those are those are those are my main ones. I didn't want to do like the don't lose energy from enemy attacks because I wanted to still be able to get hit, you know. Sure. But I'm like, let me be able to continue and just let me use ninja stars. Like when I get that, if I'm just like, all right, forget it, give me the ninja stars and let me like unlimitedly like shuriken somebody down, then we'll do that. So Word. I think those are highly respectable. If you're playing this <laughs> game, don't feel bad using that. Fair enough. I did not. I didn't. Ha- I didn't have to fortuitously. Did not have to do any. I mean, I safe scum my ass off as I do, but I did not have to do any game genie action on this one. At least until our futile attempt in the couch co-op. Yeah, and we'll, we'll uh, talk. We'll talk about why because I think I used the shuriken one specifically because of my understanding of the weapons, and we'll get into that. So yeah. otherwise, I think maybe some different codes would be used. Can sell me the whole seat, but I'm only gonna need the edge. the stage one theme bring this into our playthrough of shadow of the ninja and we start with the title screen they get right to it after a natsumi splash screen logo and if you let that hang for a few moments the prologue theme that we heard before the last segment fires up and has a real nice fucking score to it they open on an impressive view of nyc at night from the harbor behind the statue of liberty which i think which we've (laughs) we've i guess yeah we haven't. We've had to talk about it before. These weird, not factual <laughs> perspectives. Yeah. But these video, like Little Nemo, we've uh, Mike Tyson's Punch Out. There are games that like try to do it and like fucking get it wrong. Like this is right. This is like accurate geographically. I think so. Pretty good. And the caption reads: "United States of America, 2029 A.D." And a very small pixel comes plummeting down into the skyline from above. The screen dips to white, and then a large evil wizard-looking dude above a spaceship, all in a like a red-purple hue, appears above the city. And then the copy down below says: "Due to the dictatorial government of Emperor Garuda, a number of lives have been lost." And again, they're just no kid gloves at all, man. Dictate? Yeah, did I, did I say that right? Dictator? Dictatorial? <laughs> Government <laughs> of Emperor Garuda. Like, that is not, like, Mom, what the fuck does dictatorial mean? <laughs> uh, I don't know, exactly. <laughs> Cut to some cool shadowy uh, shots of Hayati and Lady Cade brandishing their katanas, which is actually the image behind me that I should have switched already. Uh, Lady Cade goes way more badass here than on the box art. And, or looks way more badass here than on the box art, rather. And uh, the copy after on there reads, is in order to defeat Emperor Garuda, two shadows appear. Ninja, they are called. And no more needs to be said. Commence ninja options, player. 
Hitting start at the title screen brings you to a character selection screen. And yeah, was you said you went with the with what is his name? Fucking high high uh what's his fucking name? High, uh, high <laughs> what's the, the guy's, what's the guy's uh, name? I don't remember. Hayati. 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 Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So yeah, I went Cade. I, I played as the girl. Blue is cool, but red is cooler. Rather, the manual points out that in two-player mode. Controller one is always Hayati, but that's actually not true. We found out yeah, that you could switch them with the, yeah, with the select button. So yeah. that's why I was a little unsure when we got into the couch co-op. And then you appear on a hull of a large ship at sea. It's night, and you are in a torrential downpour of rain. And the pose you appear in, arms crossed with one foot turned out towards the player POV, is pretty fucking gangster, dude. Like, I mean, it's exactly <laughs> how a ninja should enter... Wherever and whenever, you know, it's exactly right. But it that they took the time to have that differentiation from your side view for gameplay is fucking awesome. I think it's really nice little touch that I enjoyed a great deal. Yeah, it immediately brought to mind the gangster ass ninja leaning on the pole at the end of stage one, two, and Sunsoft's NES Batman, you know. And yeah, I posted a quasi poll on the socials with the two of them side by side to see which of the two is most gangster democratically. <laughs> and uh, I believe the verdict was actually Ninja Gaiden, <laughs> which was not pictured, but whatever. <laughs> can't the people have spoken? You can't, you know, you can't argue with it. The people yeah. have spoken. <laughs> you know, I, I will say though, talking about Kayade. On the cover, you know, she's depicted in, like, the full ninja garb minus, like, you know, the cleavage. Well, it's a gi. It's not really ninja garb. A gi is not ninja garb. Like, we've talked before. Ninja garb is supposed to be form-fitting because you're... Right, right, right. uh, But, like, in the the sprite itself, when she drops in, though, it's almost like, like, leotard bottom, like, no... No pants and like some socks, you know what I mean? Yeah, you, you, you know, you know they're, they're, like, they're eventually going to get to a ninja bikini. <laughs> One way or another, they're going to get to a ninja bikini. It's just inevitable. No don't, point in arguing. Don't, don't, don't pull me in with promises of like, you're going to cover my, you know, of modesty. Modesty. <laughs> switch it up on me. Inevitable. At some someone on that development team is going to be a little nerdy horn dog, and they're going to be, <laughs> and it's going to be a naked girl. It's just the way it is. Don't argue with it. It's fucking. It's inevitable. Uh, yeah. Just get it's, get back to work. Got to move units, guys. D pad. The D pad moves, uh, of course, and you have horizontal control of your sprite when jumping, which is nice. You can duck by hitting down when standing, and then hitting A while ducking will drop you to a lower pl- platform. Nice to have that luxury when ninjing, of course. A does jump, as it always does, and it is pressure sensitive, so holding it jumps higher, which is nice. Or holding it longer, I should say. And you can also drop down while dangling from the overhangs with the A button. And then the B button attacks with whatever weapon you're rolling with at the moment, and there's a little ninja yelling sound effects that accompanies your attacks. And it's subtle, you can only hear it really well when the music cuts out after the bosses and shit, but I dig it and did notice it. Very cool. So... Let's talk about those controls for a second, because I got a beef. Are you telling me that you actually experienced the jump button giving you different jumping distances? Because I did not ever. Uh, yeah, you can tap it. Yeah, for sure, you can just tap. It's I mean, you know, it's not like it's binary. It's not. it's not pressure sensitive. Yeah, pressure sensitive isn't the right word. That's that's yeah, that's that's a wrong way to say it. But it is it does it does differentiate just like 
Ninja Turtles or Mario. Like, it does have a tap or a hold okay. thing. Okay. I'm like, because I, I kept messing with it and I could not really figure out how. I'm like, I can't. I'm not really seeing the difference here, so I just kind of said forget it. And... Okay. I think so. I'm pretty sure I'm not misremembering that. I mean, it definitely says in the manual. So I, know, suggests... I know it said it. That's why I kept trying it. And I couldn't okay. Really... Maybe it didn't. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I can't think of a situation where, like, you had to do... Like an extra long one. You know what I mean? Well, not an extra long one. You're not, you're the, you know, I would say you're, most of the time it's going to be, it's going to feel like a hole. Like to tap requires like a very deliberate let go real quickly, you know? Yeah. I, I, at least that's how I feel it is in all games. I'm not even suggesting that's specific to this one. Um, it, but did you use this the one. tap ever? Like, that's what I'm saying. I can't, I can't think of a situation where I had to use it specifically where that was like, you know, there was like a, the, the obvious thing where that comes into play is where you have like a low ceiling or something and you got to get over a little gap without jumping all the way and hitting your head and you know having that ninja turtle teenage ninja turtle fucking problem that you end up having to just walk over anyways and teach teenage ninja turtles but yeah i don't remember anything specific but i feel like i had some control over it just i, I feel like i had a lot of agency. i mean the controls to me i mean that i'll say right now the controls to me in this game are incredible they are like really close if not right on par with again more batman action like you know so i think i think sunsoft sunsoft's batman is like to date on our timeline of all the games we played on the nes the best controls like that wall jumping stuff was just so finely tuned and um i feel like this game is again I don't even want to couch it. I think it's right on par. I think I think the controls are right away. Like that stuff, the climbing up and down, like that could have been so bad, dude. The part where you're like lowering and climbing up on platforms and shit, like being able to do that quickly. I actually and really enjoyed that part. That yeah, was, it was fucking it was awesome. Good. It's done so well, and that could have been an absolute nightmare for this game, which is already hard, of course. So if it that would have sucked, completely different game. So I, yeah, I think they did a fantastic job with the controls. Um. Anyways, there's barely any HUD to speak of, just your life bar and a remaining shuriken counter. The life bar has 16 units to it. All the bosses have the same. And those appear on the right-hand side of the screen when you are fighting them. So we are we start in stage 1-1, the seaport. And the manual description for this world is, travel across the rusting remains of a fleet of derelict ships. Enemies are hidden in the hulls and scaffoldings of these once mighty seagoing vessels. Vessels. And derelict, again, just not fucking around with their thesaurus over there at Natsumi HQ. So this is so goddamn impressive looking, Jay. Like this, immediately I was like, I mean, even, I mean, you know, I, this obviously, I dabbled with it back in the mag app. Like, this is so damn impressive looking. This just opening image. You know, your sprite is, I would say, fairly detailed for an NES sprite. Its movement and weapon animations are solid. The little bandana blowing on in the wind effect is in full bore as you run, you know, so your ninja options are fully on display. That's great. <laughs> you know, the rain, the lightning flashes, the ship rising and falling in the water, like it's all smooth, good, and looks great, I think. Um, again, I mean, I think visually too, right on par with Batman, which is also to date the, you know, the the high watermark, the benchmark for what a good NES game, like a really good NES game should be look and feel like and i think this is right on par right up front like they don't fuck around they immediately demonstrate what this game is capable of and it's i think really well done yeah i will say that like the the controls work like you land where you want to land when you're jumping you know what i mean like the controls are responsive I, i will say that like to your point it's definitely you know 
Batman DuckTales level like graphics. It's like, you know, it, it's, a, it's a quality game. I, I think if I get this game, if mom rents it for me right now, I pop it in. I'm like, okay, all right, let's go. Thanks, mom. I'll hang out to this all weekend, Mom. See you on Monday morning. <laughs> we get our feet wet, har har, here at the start with some grunts that even go a little further than first action platformer grunts normally go on letting you get acclimated spectrum or the letting you get acclimated spectrum. They do like a little stutter step before they full on rush you to indicate their pending intentions loud and clear, you know. So uh, their actual attack is pretty interesting. Dashing elbow smash move too, you know, kind of fucking um, macho man Randy Savage-ish to some degree. <laughs> the, yeah, the hanging, yeah, I mean, I, I have a separate fucking thing here. Like, it's, again, reiterate, the hanging from a plat. So, yeah, you, when, you know, you, it's not every platform. They got to kind of have like a little bit of, they, they usually have like a scaffolding feel to them. There's usually like a, a row of pixels below the surface yeah. that dem- that suggests it's like a steel girder type thing, you know, that you would be able to hang from. So not only is it functionally well done, but it is visually well represented as something you can engage with this mechanic. And mm. that is an important thing to note, too, that you are able to quickly make these ninja decisions on the fly as all the shit's going down around you. And that is only possible if they do a good job with the visual representations of, of the environment that you can interact or the environment, the elements that you can interact with, you know, and I think they do a really good job of that too. So uh, again, just fucking aces, aces, aces on the design, I think uh, right up front here. They do not fuck around with the presenting of the filet mignon of ninja options. The weaponry, the shuriken and kusari gama pickups are your first item box pickups. So they immediately show you, what you have at your disposal. So again, uh-huh. great game design. They also present you useful ways to employ them in the environment right after pickup. So you get a feel for the utility. So great game design. You know, just golf clap, man. The fucking the force is strong with this one. Like we don't have I can't think of any Natsumi games even. Like I don't have any I should have looked that up what else they might have programmed because I feel like there had to be there had to be a learning phase to be this good. You know, like if they came out of the box with this game that's crazy as fuck, you know. I, I, yeah, I'm actually. We got to look that up. Shatterhand. They, they started in 1990, <laughs> though. The first year is 1990. They did Shatterhand. That makes a ton of sense. Shatterhand is also really well revered. Uh, so we have 1990 here. There's only three games in 1990: Shadow of the Ninja, Scat, Special Cyberne- Cybernetic Attack Team, and Amazing Penguin. So and Power Blade. Don't forget about Power Blade. That was actually a good game, man. Um, it's on. Not a night. I mean, I have it. On Moby Games, on just nineteen ninety, and that one's not listed here. Yeah, so. released in Japan. Oh, North America okay. ninety one. Gotcha. North okay. America ninety one. But I don't even have it set to just North America here. It's just nineteen ninety. Either way, uh, either way, the point is this is certainly early in their I- NES development. So they got some good ones though, and yeah. they did the Jetsons too. Like, this, well, they, I mean, yeah, stuff. later on, like I said, they're still cooking. They, they cooked all the Harvest Moon games, which are like wildly revered. So um, I never played those. Yeah, they're like they're. It's kind of Animal Crossing, but on a farm. Um, in, in my, I think I had a GameCube one, maybe. Uh, that was wow. kind of fun. I wasn't really into it, but I, I it was kind of appealing. I, I could see why people would be into it for sure. Uh, so yeah, so fucking great job, Natsumi, coming out of the gate with this, I guess, or Natsumi rather. So an interesting thing of note I found here, and just the weapon functionality, you have leftover shurikens when you pick up the sickle. 
you will not start deploying the sickle until you run out of shurikens. So that raises the question, how the hell does that cheat work then? Maybe it, maybe, 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 maybe the, maybe Retro Arc is so goddamn good that the people who designed the cheats, like. I the, noticed that happening. I noticed that happening because I remember thinking, like, getting the pickup and then being like, wait a minute. How can I, how does this switch. happen? Yeah, how did I being sw- okay how do I with it, but like, right, right. yeah. So, but, but well, I mean, but, but then again, so how did the cheat work then? Like, did it just, is the, is the cheat smart enough to. Like, also tweak that little piece of code, you know? I wonder. Oh, that... Because, you know, because the, the, the thing is, the, the thing was with the way RetroArch works, those cheats are not... Like, those require a human being to have done them with care and an understanding of gameplay. You know what I mean? Like, to have... It's not the same ones for every game or anything. So they must have been aware enough of the game functionality, this is my hypothesis anyways, that they were aware enough of the game functionality that they understood that if they made this infinite, there would be no way out of shurikens ever. So they might have tweaked that little thing too, you know, would be my best guess. Because, yeah, that's how that's how it works in the normal gameplay for sure. That's, that's interesting because it only, I feel like it only happened when I, when I did my one-player playthrough. It only happened once where I was able, like, I don't remember being able to, like, switch every time like i wasn't having to avoid the pickups all the time i spent the whole game avoiding pickups yeah i'm like <laughs> that's interesting huh, i don't know uh and so it's 15 of the shurikens when you do pick them up at least normally and when you reach the stern of this one ship you get a mini boss battle right off the fucking bat man this again mini bosses and like and dude it, it had me yeah we'll get into that but it had me guessing like how does this game work exactly like what is going to be the flow chart of this game they do a good job. That's one of the things I respect about this game is how they don't feel compelled to make it this symmetrical thing that, like, this is the way video games work, so it must be you have three stages to each world, and you get oh, a boss yeah. at the end. You know, they just like, whatever the fuck we want to do here, you know, and I, yeah. I respect the shit out of that. So the, I could, you know, there's so many of the enemies, like, they're all in-game. They're varied. I'm not suggesting the actual mechanics and enemy sprites are redundant. But they are similar enough, many of them being humanoid-esque, if not actual seemingly humans. When you try to cross-reference them with the manual, differentiating them is not easy there's not they don't have it they don't even explain what they if you can't tell by the illustration what their weapon is and how they attack there's no way to differentiate them and there's enough again humanoid ones that it's kind of like i don't really know uh so i but i think these are the palookas uh is my best guess from the enemy breakdown in the manual and so he taunts you with a mocking karate chop hand motion as best i can tell when the screen scrolls over to him and that you know (laughs) that's hilarious that he's like you know mocking you to start the fucking thing is fucking great so then he drops his shoulder and just runs at you full speed. And when he gets near, he drops into a slide that moves even faster. So when you first encounter this dude, you're going to get whacked a few times just, like, yeah. figuring out how the fuck he works. There's no – he's not, like – he's not first boss battle steamroll him boss at all, uh, even though it's the very first one in the game. And, yeah, he'll slide right off the damn screen if you're near it, too, when he does this. So then – you don't see him, and you're gonna get when he comes back in. He's already fucking cooking, and you're there's no way you're gonna get out of that either. So yeah, the first time you meet him, you're taking two hits off the bat for sure. No matter <laughs> no matter how good at video games you are, you know. 
And then, as we mentioned, the functionality-wise, functionality HUD-wise, a life meter appears on the right side of the screen, mirroring yours. And there is a flag on the end of the stern whipping in the wind, and the rain is still coming down. So this is, like, I think a really cool way to create a boss arena in this first level that already looks cool anyways. You know, it's, it, it makes a lot of sense to me. Like, I can picture so many 80s action movies with this exact scene. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, in the rain, on a ship, you know, the fucking wind's blowing, you know, like, it's nighttime. Like, I can picture this. Uh, it's like, I'll be like, Under Siege or something. This is a scene from Under Siege, maybe. <laughs> That's why every time we come in, I'm, like, thinking, like, 80s music. Yeah, the, no, it, yeah. it captures the 80s ninja movie vibe to a T. It's, it's a really great job. So, yeah, my experience with this particular boss, it took maybe a half dozen tries to figure out a way to do anything other than just taking my lump. Yeah, like, I was able to beat him the first time, okay. but I took so much damage, I was like, I definitely don't. This is the first fucking stage. I can't go into the next stage. <laughs> and I knew I, I knew somewhere that I only had five continues, too. So I was like, I need to, mm-hmm. I'm going to need to save scum, and I'm going to need to do this right. So I saved scum back and fucking came back into this and took about six to figure out something that, like, was able to dependably work to, to not just spam him. And he does that mocking motion every time he gets up from his slide, right? So if you get near him while he's while uh, after he comes up from his slide, and he'll start doing his little mocking thing, and if you wait like a beat into that and then jump over him, he'll do his he does his little slide because you're so close that he starts to slide immediately. He doesn't have a running phase, and he'll just slide underneath you, and he, and the slide does not go that far. Once he goes into the slide, it doesn't last, obviously, as long as the run. So if you do this and are able to time it, he'll slide just a little bit away from you. And you are right on the other side of him. And you can just rinse and repeat this system pretty dependably is what I was able to cook up to to work him pretty good. And uh, did you – was that the same thing you found or were were you – pretty much. I mean, I waxed him like the second try after I came in and like he slid and hit me a couple times. I was like, yep, nope. I mean, I, I was pretty much able to employ the I'm going to run up on you and, like, span the hell out of you okay. with as many ninja slices as possible. And this dude was not even memorable. You and know, you were rolling with the katana at this point, I presume, yeah? yeah? Definitely okay. having the right. katana. Yep. So that's, that's my biggest question. So, like, because I don't know. I played the whole – I mean, I figured that shit out, I think, in the next stage uh, that I wanted the fucking Kusarigama at all times. So, uh, yeah, my big concern – the whole game was, one, was I going to even be able to beat the game with this because of my lack of willingness to engage that base weapon? Like, I, I had a I, I was had a serious fear that there would be something that required it and I would be safe-scummed into a place where I didn't have it, you know? So that was a worry of mine the whole time. And then on top of that, the increase, like, I, you know, I saw the increases of katana level or whatever so i presume that included damage and i was wondering if my experience with bosses and shit was also different different and way more difficult because i was using a weapon that was not leveled up per se you know so that that was a big concern of mine but again the functionality of it was so much better and the ability to have that range was just so key for me and not wanting to kill myself while i played this game that i was willing to take that risk i guess um but when he dies, this mini boss, he raises his arms in the air and his sprite turns all white before disappearing. Then the music stops and the lightning flashes one more time while you run forward and off the boat and scream. So, you know, every, every piece of detail is here to make it feel good. You know, it's such a good job of, of game design. 
stage one, two is still the seaport. And this is where, like, again, this is where I kind of was like trying to figure this out. So there's like, so there's only five worlds as the manual states, but there is unexpectedly some segments to each, which I did not expect there to be. So there's, yeah, there's stage one dash two for this one. And you're on another ship. The rain is still pouring down. You teleport onto the deck of the ship in that same great pose. And the missing HP from the previous stage carries over. But so does your weapon. So there is some continuation to the game. Uh, you don't just get refueled or anything. So you have to be mindful of how your boss battle goes. You can't just spam him and expect you to be fine on the next stage. You know, so worth noting there. And you have to move along the bow of the ship, dealing with what looked very much to me like the Linda enemies from Dragon Double Dragon, like that whip attack. Uh, the whip attack enemy that's in Double Dragon. And they only take a couple hits uh, to frag, so they're pretty easy. But there's also some ninja dudes, orange suits, that just run right into you and do not cause damage, thankfully, but they do push you along the ground. So you can't do shit about it once they get you, get going, and they move so fast, you know? So, so they take yeah they take a shit, num- shit ton of hits to kill and can really complicate your environment, of course. So the best thing I learned was, yeah, to just fucking fuck them Run and just um, yeah, um, <laughs> avoid them. And they will, they don't like, they do jump. So it's, I'm not going to say they totally go away if you just get off whatever mm. platform they're on, but for the most, they will just run into shit like idiots if you move away from them. So the best thing is to, yeah, just try to fucking avoid them, I think. And there are a number of cargo crates around to give this some verticality to, you know, for, to deal with. And you then move inside and have to use your hang and climb up mechanic to navigate a very hairy sequence where these shithead robots hang from beneath the platforms and drop these missiles down that kind of they like drop down. And before they hit the ground, they like fire up and and start moving towards you, you know, so you can time them. But there's so much going on here that it's almost to me like impossible to not take damage like i'm sure some speedrunner can do it whatever I'm but like, like yeah the video i'm watching this person did not take damage <laughs> okay yeah yeah anyone who's making a video of just a playthrough probably has played it before we had not and yeah it's super hard to not take damage <laughs> uh yeah my best bet was a scrambling up to the top floor stat and mitigating the damage to maybe two bars was really the best outcome i could get even with some saves coming so there's a couple item boxes in here and another sickle at the bottom floor and a katana pickup a floor or two up and yeah this is where i first learned like losing the sickle even for a second level katana is for assholes i think no <laughs> I feel the exact opposite though like uh, i'm watching the so this is this is the perfect time to talk about it because this my gameplay experience hinges on this and my frustration with the sickle is that you have hitbox issues like if you're not at the right length you're going to fly through them and yeah the, no yeah, the chain right and the i chain just does keep not getting do. hit and i absolutely hated that and so i noticed in this person's playthrough and i know i experienced this when i first played it myself is that at this point you have the second level uh sword the katana, but it's shooting like a wave. Yeah, so it, has, it actually it has does some range. that. I don't know it, if it's the, I don't think it's quite as long as the but sickle. This, this looks, I don't know, man. This looks pretty, uh, this looks pretty long to me. Oh, yeah, I got the play vid going too. I'll keep an eye on it. But either way, to, honestly, it's irrelevant to me. I still think it's better to have the control of being able to angle up. And at an, at a forty five degree angle, you know. So yeah, I yeah I, I, I'm watching the, the the player here is definitely skipping the sickles, which I think is so insane. So you know, 
maybe high level players agree with you, but in my experience, having being able to engage things from below was just so clutch, you know. Because well, I, I think that, and we'll we'll get to the point at which has happened. It's like I didn't even think about taking detailed notes until like 1.4 because I got this and I was wiping things. I was rolling and I was having a good time. But then like once I ended up losing it later and then I didn't know how, like when to get that back. And it was kind of just like, all right, I'm grabbing the sickle. And then I was having a hitbox issues. And I was like, Oh fuck, this sucks. Like just, just give me some shurikens. You know what I mean? We'll get there. But I think this is the path. Cause right now I'm rolling. I have the, you know, the katana waving and it's like, let's go, you know, okay. I'm ninja through the shit. Okay. Uh, so that's pretty much it for this this stage after that little missile area. And you, I mean, it's maybe like just to give you a, an idea of like the timing these are taking. If you're cooking, yeah, I mean, it's maybe 20, 25 seconds to get through one, two here, you know. So, yeah, if you are rolling and doing well, it really cooks and you can, yeah, you, <laughs> it can feel real good for sure. So stage one, three is still the seaport and there's, you're no longer outside for sure. This is a heavy machinery area of some kind. There's large turbines all over the place with some circling platforms you need to navigate while avoiding the, the, there's some kamikaze bum rush ninjas in here as well. And then these dudes are, in my opinion, a very dirty ass design addition to a precision platform area like this. (laughs) They're just dirty as fuck. Uh, So, you know, you're already, precision platform is already hard enough, like fucking to have some dude just like, I mean, hauling ass at you kamikaze <laughs> that can totally just Rude. blow you to the other side yeah. of the screen is fucking really really dirty see i died here for the first time actually got my game over screen then was presented with an option to continue and that yeah that's when i noticed the number five next to continue so it's right there in plain mm. you know plainly numbered so yeah they, they don't hide it from you that you're fucked at least which is you know not all games do that that's nice <laughs> Uh, so yeah, the death animation for your sprite is pretty fantastic. He falls to his knees, then slumps down onto his belly, and it holds on that shot for a bit with all the enemies still in action around you before cutting to black. So yeah, you feel the death, you know? It's like one of my favorite ones. I, I'll bring it up all the time whenever there's a good death animation, and I think of it like the Wizards and Warriors death animation is great. You know, you die, and yes, you actually slump to the ground, and then the le- the leg wiggles, you know, just flops <laughs> back and forth. Uh, as he's uh, as like the, his momentum from dying carries it, you know. So it's like taking some time with that too. Again, it's just fucking. It's uh, everything. It's every piece of presentation is done here. It's fucking great. After a couple of platforming turbines and another katana pickup, I wanted nothing to do with <laughs> you encounter what I'm thinking is a uh, a cyborg in the well, that's with a K in the manual breakdown, and these are armored soldiers with a big ass gun, and he can use the gun as a shield from your attacks, and uh, he'll like alternate between defending like that and then popping off bursts of two rounds at both standing and crouching heights before going back into defense mode. And they also can fire at 45 degree angles if you take to the air, if you try to like jump over them or whatever, they can fire up into the air too. And another one of these is paired with a little monkey looking enemy right after that, which takes all the calculation out of battling the cyborg, which is kind of a bummer. Anytime those are, those are also in Ninja Gaiden. Those are also in Castlevania. And those, I guess, I guess elite, Action platformers always have a little monkey-looking dude that are a pain in the ass. <laughs> That's like a required piece of design. <laughs> Document stuff. It's in yeah. the contract. So then we're moving on to the fourth 
part of Stage 1 or World 1, also Seaport. Your sprite doesn't dawdle around with the pompous stance when you materialize here, so that's notable right from the jump that you're somewhere different, something different is happening here. You immediately auto-run, you don't, you don't do it yourself, auto-run off the high platform you start on and into a two-screen width battle wide, or wide battle arena, and that is because one Missile Man is coming in right after you to partake in a boss battle with our hero. So he like, comes in that same entrance as you from behind. And this is a bipedal robot with one eye, and it will land with its eye closed, and as soon as it opens that baby, it begins firing projectiles mortar-style, like up and angled into the air that rain down all over the place in front of it. And these can be avoided. I wouldn't say it's easy, but they can be avoided. And particularly seen as this is when you want to be tagging that open eye, and when it's coming down, it really complicates, obviously, the uh, ability to avoid. And, you know, you want to be crouching too, I think. Or no, you don't need to crouch for that. So, yeah, it, it's basically just fucking trying to navigate between them and still popping off uh, offensives. So uh, maybe three to four seconds of that, and then it launches up to the ceiling and hangs upside down for a second. And, like, its eyeball is open then, like, looking at you and tracking where you're at, which is a cool effect, I think, cool animation. And then it begins floating down in a wide sine wave pattern that I found pretty impossible to avoid. You could, like... I think the key is dropping to the lowest platforms, and it... Because it basically it does that sine wave kind of automatically. It doesn't change it, you know. So it does it automatically until it hits a platform. So it's probably not going to make it down to the the bottom ones, which are all the way on the edges. But that's the yeah. problem with that is that they're all the way out to the edges. And getting to those also takes you away from it, which you want to be, you know, so you're in this kind of push-pull uh, yin and yang thing between, like, trying to avoid it, but also wanting to be close to it when it lands so you can start yeah. dumping on it, you know. So that's that's good boss design, I think. Some cost-benefit analysis to be had with that equation. I just ended up letting myself get hit and just... Spam. So is this, is this your boss tactic for all of them, just spam? <laughs> for this one, because of that, because, like, okay. I'm watching a playthrough, and obviously if you time it right, you can get him to land next to you, you know. But obviously that happened a couple times, but I'm already like, all right, you hit me once. I'm going to take advantage of this, use his invincibility for a few seconds, and, like, frag you, like, 12 times before I got to run away, you know. So okay. that's definitely I, the strategy here. I'm seeing, oh, my God, I'm definitely. seeing two things that kind of blow my mind. So I never, I don't think I ever got to the third level of the katana, so I didn't see that it actually had a projectile. That's what and I'm telling you. That's what I was okay. talking about, the wave. That's what I was talking about. I, you still can't shoot it up at the angle, and I still think that I would rather have that, but that's nice. That I'm, wave I'm, is I'm, next level. It's yeah, a change. Yeah. And, and ignoring that later, you know, made me a little sad once I trained, changed over to the weapon we'll talk about later, but it's it was cool when I had it. I didn't sure. know so many, you know, if I paid more attention to the fact that, like, hey, you can find more of these and keep this back up. I probably would have, right. you know, let stuck it with it. Kept going. Word. So it, yeah, it just repeats that cycle that I described once uh, <laughs> it runs its course. And yeah, I had kept my Kusari Gama like a good little boy. Uh, or getting close enough to this thing would have been a less than pleasant experience. I think. So yeah, it was beautiful here to have that kind of range and still mm-hmm. be able to hit it. I guess if you're shooting projectiles all the way across the screen, it would have done the same thing. But. <laughs> Uh, I did not know that was possible. So, yeah, I was able to take it down in four cycles, basically. A pretty reliable four units per cycle I can get off in the 16, of course. So that was nice. And and when it runs out of life, you get a nice explosion animation that starts as a blue-hued balls of light thing and then turns into fiery orange bursts. 
And I feel like the explosion sounds echo for a few beats after the animation ends. And I think that's dope as fuck. So again, just like little tiny touches that are really, really cool. And they let you keep controlling your ninja while this happens too, which means you can do the thing where you spastically mash buttons to celebrate your victory over the boss's dead <laughs> body, you know, which is uh, a great um, oh, nice. a lot, allotment to give the player. And a great I win cue plays as it fades down to black to give way to stage one clear text appearing on the black card. Stage two one fires up, and this is our first new world situation. This is the underground sewers, described in the manual as wade through the bowels of the corrupted city as you wage your battle against Garuda's slimiest defenders. Mercenaries appear from the darkest corners in this subterranean nightmare. And Batman vibes to the max on the aesthetic here. This feels like same color palette, has the water in the lowest foreground area. Uh, It feels very similar to the Batman. Um, Which, you know, we've talked about it so much, and I, it's the obvious thing ever to state, but like Batman was definitely out when they were developing this, you know, and I think there, that had to be playing on a monitor in the development room for sure. I think to some degree, you know, there had to be some inspiration. I think there's just too many parallels and too much quality parallel too, you know, like this, this is what we need to strive for this level. It needs to feel mm-hmm. this way to be as good as this game, you know? So I feel like I can feel that. And this looks great and very unwelcoming, this area. So they achieved that goal too. And you know, they're all just banger after banger. The music in this game, the, the stage theme, Quality everything, soundtrack. period, actually. This but is I think this soundtrack. Let's yeah. Give some respect. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, this stage's theme is my favorite music track, I think. They kick shit off here with some hardcore ninja options. A ninja comes cruising in below you in the water, fires a projectile straight up in the air at you with a blowgun and then somersaults out of the water and begins a barrage of shurikens and you think you know ninja options nah nah <laughs> natsumi knows ninja options motherfucker <laughs> was, yeah awesome awesome opening to a stage and there are a number of those cats before you head into a another mini boss battle so that's kind of seemingly establishing this thing where you're going to have a mini boss battle in the stage one area of each world and that's cool and unique i think you don't get that as a normal thing and we would later find out that that's not true but it thought maybe made you feel like maybe that was what was going to happen so any level of like guessing that you can get out of an action platformer i think is a, is a win and a half from the developer so they they even achieve that and eye stalker is the name it's in the manual breakdown and it is a snake type deal that comes lurching out of a couple of sewer pipes down below the battle arena surface you have available to you and it alternates predictably between left and right pipes but it's quick enough coming out of them that like targeting the head as you need to is by no means an easy task and it, it once it's out if you don't get it right away it shoots these small fireballs down from the head too that obviously suck of course and yeah i, I this is where i really started to wonder even though the reach is wildly advantageous, whether this game was going to find ways to punish me for not switching back to the Atana when presented with the opportunity, you know? Like, this thing can come to rest below your kneeling sickle attack yes. and just pop off projectiles at this you. This is what so, I mean. Hitbox yeah. issues, when I had that, I was like, oh, give me... Yeah. You can, like, so it, it comes to that rest, and, and, and you can... If you can... You, jump and it's you know it starts tracking you again it's not like it locks down there so you can get it to retrack you and give you another shot at it but that of course is not ideal you know yeah. uh 
the best thing to do was just to get it as soon as it's coming out of the pipe. It would always kind of swoop up in the air and give you an opportunity to hit it. Before, yeah. yeah, yeah. So as long as you get that, you could really bounce this fucker just to death real quickly, I think. Oh. But if you miss one, your life can get shitty real quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even my best runs would take maybe half my life bar off uh, a near full. So yeah, I mean, this I just kind of was like, oh fuck it, I'm gonna keep going. <laughs> See, yeah, I, having the the sword wave range here super advantageous you're like pop 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 because you're you don't have to worry about that you don't have that issue where you have to hit it directly right. head on you have a much wider hitbox with that that's why i feel like that was the ultimate weapon and i i lost sight of that playing this game Saturday. i never got sight of it <laughs> another climbing sequence after that aka another i don't see a fucking way to not take damage sequence and uh i see the possibility of hitting them once and then lowering yourself to hang on the platform while they pass over, then getting that second lick in on the next approach. But if you can't, at least I didn't feel like I could get up and down fast enough to get that hit in without taking damage, whether they're coming or going. So like as much as I respect the controls of that, it still wasn't fast enough to do this without taking damage, in my opinion. And that was a bit of a bummer to me that I didn't feel like there was a way to do it, you know? Well, yeah. So then it's into dealing with some boomerang masters, which of course sport boomerangs. And yeah, I've mentioned this in our co-op, but it's really cool to me that you can, like they, they have this moment where they pull back and you can knock it out of their hand mm -hmm. while they're in that stance. And that's fucking awesome, you know, in the well, boomerang. And if you have the right weapon, you can still knock the boomerang out of flight. Like even if they get one off, you can still okay. hit it in the air. Yeah, can you? Yeah, I, I don't yeah. think I was able to do that with the sickle, <laughs> but I was able to knock oh, it out yeah. of their hand and that was cool. Awesome. So the life bar replenishment box they put right in front of those first few of them is crucial to making it through the stage. Uh, thank baby Jesus for that. They first introduced the insectoids at the same time, and while I usually loathe flying enemies, I think these are actually pretty cool. They have these chopper blades as their means of flight. Get to the chopper! <laughs> yeah. uh, the first time you whack them, they lose these, then drop to the ground for some quadrupedal action. And it's not, like, immediate, though. Like It's not, like, this immediate blazing fast homing kamikaze shit in either case, and I appreciate that in my video game flying enemy design. You know, there's, like, time to take stock and deal with them, and that's not always uh, an, uh, something you're afforded from that kind of enemy. Stage 2-2 two -two is the underground sewers. Also, we kick things off here with a new type of cyborg soldier, and when you whack it, its torso flies off and up into the air while the legs remain and do immediately kamikaze into you. <laughs> so, just as I was commending them for one not kamikaze action, we do get it immediately thereafter. And then the torso is now an aerial enemy still popping off rounds at you from its gun. And very unique, but these are super annoying enemies. Very annoying, yeah. yes. 100%. A few of those and some other assholes that just run into you, as well as your first chance to use the bomb weapon, at least in my experience. And you get like five, you get, I think it was about five of them, and they take both halves of those separating cyborgs out in one fell swoop. So that's, a, you know, you said you didn't really engage them much. I was apprehensive about any weapon other than the thing, but once I learned how devastating these were, I was like, okay, like when they give me these, I need to understand that there's a reason for it and utilize them in a way that is helps me navigate this you know because uh, they are they are devastating um from a damage perspective and then it leads us to a cool elevator sequence where you ride up a few screens and get a breather before the game drops some shit on you there are three of the mini bosses from stage one one the sliding guys with the condescending karate chop motion and they don't have nearly as much hp but they're they're still a tough 
thing to deal with, like fighting two of them together at once. Which you can you can take the one out on the level alone, but once you drop down to the level below, there's two of them on each side of you, and that's a, a lot to deal with. The um, you can fortuitously you can get them on one side of you and then get them to kind of synchronize, or I was able to anyways, and you're uh, it is almost like only dealing with one of them <laughs> because they're moving in unison. But it yeah, it's it it can also get pretty hairy if you let them get at you from both sides. They do drop HP replenishments, though, and that uh, was a kind developer choice, I believe, but you exit right into stage 2-3 after that, and this is just a boss battle arena, so this is where you learn, like, okay, there was this parallel with the 1-1, one, one, or with the stage 1 mini-boss, mm -hmm. but this one is not for segments, you know, you only have three, so they're mixing it up on us. And this is a huge battle tank, killer tank in the manual breakdown, in a black void that rolls in from screen right and will reverse all the way back off the screen in a loop. And it does this because there's a platform on the front of it that you'll, you'd ideally stay on. And the reason you'd stay on that is because there's this big laser blaster down below that will clobber you if you're on the ground when it goes when the tank goes off screen. And then when it rolls off the screen, it would push you off down to that level, to that ground level. Yeah. Uh, so you... That's the re that's the kind of yin and yang of this. But you know what I noticed in the play video here? This motherfucker blew it up. So you can kill that laser at the bottom. Oh, make, really? Yeah, make life way easier. Which huh. you really, if you don't have a projectile, it would be very difficult to do, which is why I didn't even think to do it. <laughs> so he I, had the sword. I ignored that completely. Yeah, he had like, the sword. It, this is very strong double dragon boss vibes as well. Double dragon contra, like yeah. especially double dragon three. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, I concur. So above that platform is a tube with a cannon on the front that will turn into the vehicle's weak point between shots. And the shots are not entirely unlike Missile Man's projectiles, kind of this mortar-style deal. They fly down from above. And they're a little bigger and a little more fireball-like, though. And they kind of they do this like... It's kind of reminiscent to me of the Castlevania... It actually might not be in the first one. It might only be a Simon's Quest thing where you like throw the flame and then it... Like, it, it juts up into the air like burns yeah. up into the air like a, a, a column of flames so uh that's it it's, I mean, it's pretty cake you know you can kind of just spam and there's a little bit of yin and yang to jump and down if you want but it's it's not too hard to spam i don't think if you, if be, yeah, if i beat it in one try like there's yeah not, right it's it's a cool spray it's it's a fun boss but it's not difficult at all and this is pre this is pre game genie so straight up <laughs> okay word so then we move into stage three one the rooftops of the city the manual description for this is make your way across the tops of skyscrapers in your quest to defeat Garuda meet up with the dreaded golden samurai so they just setting the table for for the badass boss battle you're you're working your way towards here this is yeah a cool night skyscape in the background and another lit chiptune track they start us off here with more of those splitting robots three of them to be exact before encountering our first ladder of the game and this is actually another i didn't think to commend it but it's the ladder mechanics are good too you can get shitty ladder mechanics in in many a video game and oh, i feel great. Yeah, yeah, I feel like they're very. You could, you know, you, you could jump very, from the ground to them, right? And grab midair. That's and the, then, yeah, you yeah. did it a bunch, so you're certainly aware of this in our co-op couch co-op. I mean, you can get to the top of them, and without getting all the way up onto the platform and still being below a projectile or something that might be happening up there, and you can attack to the left or right with particularly. It's really useful with the 
the sickle, you know, the mm-hmm. kurigama or whatever the hell it's called. Uh, it's really useful to do that with that um, with the ladders. So yeah, just a lot of good good ladder mechanics. Uh, another thing to check off the list of gaming accomplishments here, or game development accomplishments. So I, you know, the, these fucking splitting robots things. I struggled with these for a nanosecond trying to jump up to that platform and swing myself up. And why would my badass ninja need to use a ladder like a peasant was kind of my thinking there. <laughs> like, like my mind couldn't even conceive the notion of using a ladder, I guess. I didn't even really notice them. Uh, yeah, but once you learn they're just fine, you're, you're cool with using them. And so many so uh, that I, like, I started using – there were so many ladders to me that I started getting Donkey Kong vibes. And that like, there's that straight vertical climbing sequence yes, that comes yes. next. It, it felt to me, again, because you can attack at the top of them. But that's a thing with, with the hammers, you know, like fucking mm-hmm. hit the thing on the ladder, climb up. You know, hit, you know, so it was fucking uh, very Donkey Kong in my mind there. So the runners are here and they'll actually clip down to the next level and run back the other way. Also more Donkey Kong kind of feeling to them, you know. And the key is getting to the ladder and waiting till the right time to take on the next floor, basically. Man, this is this is where it kind of fell apart for me. Yeah, like the like I'd been safe stating a bit, right? Like as we always do, but I think because I wasn't like hardcore, like oh, I gotta have high health and all that. I was at low health. I was down to like the just the sword, so not like the wave, the powerful. So I had to get way up close. And as a result, people were so boomeranging me. Dead. You know, I was so fucked right now, and I didn't really <laughs> keep continuing. So that's why I was like, "All right, I, I gotta break out the game genie." Pulled it out, applied the continues to make sure I could stay alive. But then I was like, "Well, but like I'm, I, I hate like the sickle at this point. I hate this. Like the sword is close, and I think there there must have been a gap between when I was playing because of like the trip with like the family, and so I forgot like how powerful." That the sword wave was, so I was just kind of like, uh, all right, give me, give me, give me forty shurikens. I'll do like start with forty shurikens, and then like I started it, and I was like, wait a minute, should I just go unlimited? Yeah, let me just let me just go unlimited. Shurikens. <laughs> shurikens, okay. So that's what I did. From I mean, you here can't, on you out can't, you shurikens. can't fault someone for wanting to go unlimited on ninja option. Shurikens is probably the coolest ninja option of right? all ninja options. So give me I, ninja I stars. Give them to me and. Massive quantities. So yeah, I mean, yeah, there is there is a difficulty uptick here. I concur for sure. In, yeah. in World Three, I absolutely agree. But I'm yeah, but I'm a- concerned. I'm concerned though because, and I'm interested to see your take on it. But I mean, you you're playing with only the sickle, so maybe you have a different viewpoint of how long it's going to take to be some of these bosses right now. So okay. We'll talk about that. I yeah yeah we are going to talk about it for sure. This the bot this yeah like I already mentioned I've already alluded to the that's not a fuck around boss for sure. Mm. So there's a lot more climbing and a whole lot more encounters with shit we've seen and talked about the mechanics of to get us to our X one mini boss battle, uh, and it sure as shit didn't seem very mini boss on the mini boss battle spectrum on my first few cracks at it. You consult your manual enemy breakdown, you'll find this is the Golden Samurai. So, yeah, there is no segments here. We are in a boss battle <laughs> immediately. Yeah. Like, it's not fucking around. So, yeah, just, again, just so much asymmetry in the level flow chart for the game. It's, just, to me, so cool. It keeps you yeah. so on your toes. You, know, you just don't know what exactly, you know, it changes. Like, obviously, if, you know, if every, if it's the fourth stage for every one of them, you, you go into that. Like, okay, here comes the, the boss battle. I know it's right. going to be this, this system that I have to parse 
and figure out, you know. Whereas the mini bosses are kind of just like, eh, it's fucking whack it a few times, whatever, you know. It's like it's it's much more straightforward, and you don't you don't expect to have to it to be as complicated. So to be able to spring this stuff on you and and switch up your approach to it uh, is a is a really interesting design choice. That yeah, I absolutely love them for. So yeah, I couldn't do any damage on this dude, dude. And like this is the first time. This is the first one of these like this. It becomes a thing that you learn is going to be a thing. But this is the first instance of it, so you don't know it's a thing yet. So he would break off into pieces and fly off the platform, then fly up through the floor and repeat the process. And sometimes he'd get a hit on me, sometimes not. But I would always do, or rather, sorry, sometimes I would get a hit on him, and sometimes he would get a hit on me. But, it, you know, it, it, I wouldn't do any damage on any of these cycles. And then one of the times... However many times I'm fucking save scumming this, I do two damage to him. But I was doing the same thing I'd been doing, and I had no idea what the chink in his armor was. Har har yet again. <laughs> fucking two puns in here. The I took a yeah, I took a I had to leave. I had to walk. This is a walk away situation. I'm like, I can't, yes. what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> like, what the fuck is happening here? I don't understand. Why? How did I do damage that time? I was doing yeah. the same fucking thing I've done a million times. Why? 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 And yeah, I took a break, came back the next morning, and I figured it out. And yes, at least I think I did. You figured <laughs> it out? Explain. I, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so I was definitely able to beat him, mm-hmm. and I'm only half as sure I know the mechanics of actually doing so. This is the time of the notes. Again, we see this later, so I understand how this game works now, and this is it. this is what happened. But... Yeah, I was curious. So you have no idea then. You still don't know. Do you not know how it works? No. I I I you, no. I mean, okay. I beat him. What my experience is that first of all, yes, this boss took several tries, but like even with unlimited throwing stars, it was like war of attrition. So I'm looking at this as he's got some level of armor and I have to like hit him so many times to take that armor down before he starts taking damage. In my mind, that's how it works. And I know watching this playthrough, even with the Wave Blade, it took them five hits of that. Five samurai jumps worth of them, like, not five hits. No, no, no. Five samurai jumps worth of them peck blasting the thing over and over before it took damage. And then it I took should, through yeah. the tenth samurai jump worth of yeah. them. So I it was have, still it was still ten yeah, samurai I need, I need, jam. I need to watch jumps. this battle for sure. Okay, so but here's for what, me, it took like double that. It felt like okay. So my interpretation of this was when you blow him up and he breaks up. Mm-hmm. I think you have to then. He's did it. So yeah, I think you have to blow up that torso piece, the big piece of armor. After yeah, he's doing it right here. He's doing it again. So yeah, I, I think that's the key to it. I don't think you. I think you. I, and I still think not only doing that, but you have to do it a bunch of times. And like then, like all these bosses moving forward are going to have this mechanic, and it's definitely something to criticize because it's it's never good when you don't understand. And 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 these games are too opaquely. There's just too much unknown with this low level of sprite work where you can't get feedback any other way than some sort of HUD or sound effect or whatever. Like some sort of interface above reality. Give me a shield bar, a second bar. Yeah, some. Exactly. So, yeah, I don't. 
no, this could be kind of a fault until you know that it's there. But yeah, even after you do that, like once if you're doing that every time, you have to do it a number of times before any damage starts to register. So yeah, there is some kind of shield unknown unrepresented by a meter shield that you have to get through on this boss and those moving forward before they start to take damage. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is the first instance of it and I certainly didn't learn this here. Mm. I just happened to make it work. And like you see it happening too once you know that's the mechanic, you see it happen. Like once you yeah. so like the first time you do this, you'll see it just drops the two units off, right? And then the next time you get four off them. And it basically, it increases exponentially. Maybe not, not truly exponentially, exponentially truly, but right. it increases in a nonlinear way each phase that you do start getting attacks on once you start to take damage off, you know? So, like, by the time, the last time you're killing them, you're taking, like, a third of a, to maybe even a half of the life bar off this dude in that one cycle of breaking up, you know? So, I don't know the exact math of it, which makes me upset to not know the math of anything in a video game <laughs> with certainty. But it is a interesting and cool thing that once I learned it was very satisfying to see happening, I guess. It's still maybe not satisfying that it exists because there is some level of unknown to it that yep. you, there's no way to, to really break down or be, get better at. But it is interesting and unique. I'll give them that. Uh, yeah. So... When you do kill this fucking guy, uh, and actually, that my actually my biggest question is: so you beat him with what weapon? The shurikens. Okay, so that I guess that kind of works, but like, yeah, my biggest question was because, like I said, the only way I understood getting damage on him was blowing up that torso piece after he breaks up, which doesn't seem possible to me with the sword. So I was curious how, if you didn't have the sickle. How it would even be possible, you know? See, uh, that's what I'm saying. It, it, I feel like the way you're talking about it is is wrong. It's it's basically it's it's not the torso. It's just can you hit it? If you hit it repeatedly in that front spot, like the front hitbox, which is either the chest down, like if you keep hitting it on. That's it's going to blow up every time, you know. It's going to knock. That no, yeah, but here's the, that's that's what I'm saying. Unless I don't you squat down. I don't miss think it blow and it'll it run at you. Here's what you're not understanding, Jay. Is I my my hypothesis is that blowing it up doesn't do anything to it. I think after it blows up and all those parts are bouncing away, mm -hmm. I think you then have to blow up the torso piece. No, you the don't. biggest. That's what I'm saying. I never did that. I never okay. did that. All you have to do yeah. is hit it enough to where you blast it apart. Where you blast the samurai damage. apart, and then I would jump. I would just jump away and get ready for it to reform. Like I wasn't continuing to do anything okay. to it. Yeah, I mean, so I that, the the dude here on the on the playthrough was breaking up the torso too. So, uh, like it's you, it's at least got to be beneficial. I'm guessing to do you that hit thing. it enough. You hit it like all you have to do is hit it enough to get it to to fly apart, and it will and fly take some damage. Okay. Yeah. Copy that. Okay. Well, that's, yeah, yeah interesting. And then it reforms. Yep. So when you do kill it, it's got the blue explosion animation going on. Then it turns all red and falls down below the platform. And then the the orange explosion happens down there, kind of off screen, coming up from below where you can see. And I think that's pretty epic and, and a mm. little different than the previous ones, which is cool. All felt good, though, being this boss. Like, fucking, like, this was, you know... Dude. I talk. I always have my whole bullshit stick about the final boss battle. Like I was getting that here already, where I had that frustration, and then I was able to learn and change my outcome through 
like hard work, you know, and like that felt, <laughs> it felt good, you know, yes. and you, you, you really don't get that in the middle of the game very often. So again, like I was pissed when it was going on, but that it was the kind of thing where I was able to feel good after the fact. And that, oh, yeah, that man, that was that, a long ass battle. You're like, hell yeah. Like I was jumping <laughs> up excited was, after yeah, that. Yeah. Fuck so. yeah. I was, yeah. Yeah. I was, I was fucking thrilled. So that's uh, stage clear. Only one area, which means no mini boss on the gold samurai. That's how you learn that is when like the stage ends and you're go moving into the next one, you know. So just yeah, Natsumi really keeping us on our toes here. After these messages, we'll be right back. Something's coming up the plumbing for Luigi's in a bite. Giant turtles out to get him. Creepy crabs are right behind. Fireflies, cheaper shites, they're all coming out the pipes. Atari Mario Brothers with Mario from Donkey Kong, his brother Luigi, and lots of crazy creatures. And it's twice the fun when two play at once, because you need all the help you can get. Mario, where are you? Mario Brothers, new from Atari. That is a 1983 U.S. market Mario Brothers commercial for its Atari 2600 and 5200 releases. Simultaneous. (laughs) And can you... Yeah, can you imagine a modern console maker advertising for its previous generation console on a major game release for its current one? Like that's crazy. Right. Yeah, I know it's an infantile industry at the time and no one knew shit about what was what yet, but fucking Atari, man. Right. Fuck 1983. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. Wow. This is from yeah. the crate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We are moving into stage four one, the Air Fortress, and the manual description for this is stow away aboard this flying platform of death. Dude. One false move, and it's a long way to the pavement below. Dude, I I'm swinging up a tower, I'm looking at this, and I realize, honestly, for the first time playing this game, this is the first time I feel like I'm doing real ninja shit, man. I'm swinging <laughs> up and up. I'm like, whoa. Whoa, what up? Like, this this was awesome. I like the seats. Yeah, no, this looks great, dude. It's all blue sky around you here, and you're on a rusted steel platform with a great dilapidated chain-link fence foreground <laughs> set piece yes. obscuring your sprite even. Yeah, this fucking looks great. And then you do some climbing from here past a number of satellite dishes that suggest to me we might have to hack into the satellite uplink in the oh, very near future. Yeah. <laughs> and that was exciting. There are a few new enemies here. There is the soldiers with shoulder cannons that have what is clearly a favorite artillery type for the devs, the mortar-style shit. Mm-hmm. And somersaulting ninjas that don't do anything but somersault. <laughs> like, 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 very <laughs> like, are you just... trying to distract me, bro? <laughs> yeah, right. Are you doing a fucking Circus Olay show? Or what, what's your... <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, very easy to dispatch these as long as you're inching your way through and only dealing with one at a time. They they will if you so if you're by the edge of the screen, they will ricochet off the edge as if there's like a hard surface there, even though there's not. Mm-hmm. And then they can catch you slipping if you're not careful there and like bounce back and hit you and land on you. But for the most part, they are pretty easy to take care of. And then, oh man, but wait, so <laughs> wait a minute, we gotta talk about something here. Talking about those uh, Cirque du Soleil acrobatic fools. Uh, since you always use the sickle, you never experience like the heat seeking leveled up ninja stars then. Shurikens? Yeah. So when you get the extra shurikens, right, and they're leveled up, dude, they like seek and they like go after them. So like here, at one point, like I was just Wait, hold on, hold on, squat hold on, hold on. What, do you, what, do you, what do you mean leveled up? Explain leveled up shurikens. What does that even mean? Okay. Okay. I don't. I wasn't paying close enough attention to track as many, you know, all the times that I got it. 
but there were certain points in time, and here was one of them, where as you're, I would pick the shurikens up, here, up. I would pick the shurikens okay. up. So as you're as you're picking them up here, because I had a bunch of them, um, you pick up more of them here on this last last little platforming part. And they're, like, leveled up the amount that you have. So however many of them that you have left, they, like, go when the acrobatic guys flip over you. If you're shooting your ninja stars, they go up in a pattern and seek him and take him out in mid-flight. There's no way. They're great. Well, there's no way that it's picking up two shuriken but it runs out but it definitely runs out like you don't i didn't get to keep them forever i understand that but what i'm saying is they're not you're not getting multiple shuriken pickups close enough together in this game for that to be the level up it's got to be when you have a leveled up katana is my only guess that my only feasible thing that's what i mean yeah, I think if you have a level of katana, maybe that is possible. But yes. yeah, there's no way it's from like you're not just getting shurikens and more. No, no, no. Right, that's yeah. what I meant. Yeah, yeah. You have the leveled up katana, sword, and you then get you get that. okay. Yeah. Word. Well, yeah. Another thing I missed out on playing it the way I did. Okay, <laughs> cool. Yeah, I did. I had zero homing weapons. And it reminded I, me as we played it because I forgot when we played our playthrough, and I was trying to, you know, we were watching them go up, and I was used to, you know using the sickle to try to hit them straight up or at diagonally. And I wasn't used to playing that since I didn't do that on my own, that I was like, why is this different now? Oh, yeah, because I had the other ninja stuff. Homing shurikens, <laughs> yeah. Better ninja options. Yeah, yeah, you got yeah. options you don't even know about. Yeah, fucking, fucking uh, ninja options with computer chips on them. That's fucking nuts. <laughs> mini mainframes. <laughs> mini main yeah, 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 little what? mini mainframes. Mobile mainframes. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, I did not have none of that experience playing this shit. So the top of that climb are some more dope set pieces. The There's fighter jets sitting idle in a row in the background. They look pretty fucking great. And you go back below deck after that into a gauntlet of those double turreted guns that you can jump on the top of, but only at the front edge of them. And this area is bullshit, dude. There's a bunch of unavoidable damage in here. And they know it, too, because there's a health pickup at the end. So they know that you're this is a fucked sequence. Whenever they do that shit, you know that they're... They dump some bullshit on you. <laughs> yeah, I, I learned like via saves coming only, but I would learn that you could really take your time. You can frag these guns one at a time and mitigate your risk, but it's slow as fuck. Uh, you know, going through here. So yeah, yeah this was not time. my uh, not an enjoyable part of the game for me. It wasn't hard though. It just took took some time. You can you can speed through it. You kind of had to like be conscious, right? Otherwise, you're taking a bunch of unnecessary damage. Yep. Stage 4-2 is still the Air Fortress, and this has conveyor belts and gears you have to avoid to start uh, at the start here. Environmental hazards only for a bit, which is interesting. There's kind of just like, it's almost, you know, it's kind of zenny. We talked about this, I think, we were playing. Like, it's kind of like, it feels good here because you're just navigating and you're not dealing with dumbass enemy sprites. You know, it's kind of fun. And you're just ninjaing around. (laughs) (laughs) So, when you do first encounter enemies here, they are these fucking tornado dudes, and... If you're rolling hard with a Kusarigami like me, they don't pose much of a threat because you can blast them when they're far away. But if you didn't have that reach, these dudes would get a motherfucker. Because they they also, kind of like those dudes who, like the boss that runs at you fast, you know, they they move so quickly once they get going that it's a real bitch if you let them get to that phase of their little movement stuff. Yeah. So that, that would be tough, I'd think. And then, yeah, it's a nice run through environmental puzzles involving those dudes and these things called romblasts, which are just mechanical boxes that shoot projectiles out of both sides. And every one of these drops a health pickup 
So it's pretty every forgiving. One. Yeah, Ooh. every single one of them does that. So if you, yeah, you can kind of that. cheese these things into a space. You got I mean, to make sure you're not over one of the little platform areas because as happened in our co-op, it'll drop down off screen. But if you can get them things parked on, a, on an actual platform that you can run to afterwards, you can keep yourself pretty full through here, which is very nice. And then there's some cool shit with elevators and timing. I, yeah, I really like this, this stage in general. It was just a lot of fun. At the end, you can get another auto elevator that takes you, or you do get another auto elevator that takes you up to the stage exit and into our stage four boss battle. And Captain Hawk is the boss in this arena, which is back topside on the ship. And there's some really nice looking industrial stacks or buildings or some shit in the background. There's an aqua colored sky behind it. And then the platform you fight on has a bunch of machinations going on inside of it, like gears and whatnot. So really good looking boss arena. And Captain Hawk's outfit kind of <laughs> makes him look a little bit like an urban cowboy to me or something. <laughs> uh, more than a military type deal, but whatever. You know, NES sprites. Got like blue jeans, a red leather jacket with a matching cowboy hat Dude, is how it looked I, to me. I called him like military. I just called him bird boy. I was like, who is this dude? Like he's looked like a teenager in like a... An '80s Billy Jean jacket, like, <laughs> bird on the shoulder. You know, I did not get military vibes yeah. at all, unless I looked at the the freaking instruction manual. Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of like you could look at it initially though, and like kind of want to make fun of it, but then like knowing NES and then looking at the manual description illustration, I was like, okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, so it's just another example of like you know you got you have to use your source material to really get the mental image that you're supposed to get playing this game you know it's not one for one you got to fucking yeah, yeah. have some imagination to to get the true fair experience enough. you got to suspend your disbelief you got to go with it I'm, right I, fair enough yeah so he's also got a hawk he releases from his arm that flies around up in the air and that'll dive bomb down onto you but if you're ducking it doesn't go down that low so that's you know at least a reasonable way to avoid it and homeboy's mode uh, of attack are a few different kinds of jump kicks i like the animation on quite a bit and they're relatively easy to avoid i would say you can bait him up to to jump and then fall just short of you his max distance is maybe half the screen i would say and then just jump over him to create enough distance to be safe for the next jump so you know you're able to learn that relatively easy and deal with it so you know the first time i fight this dude i tag his ass a few times maybe a third of his life is gone and he explodes as the hawk flies down into his sprite Damn. and i'm yeah i'm thinking like holy shit that was easy as fuck your ass yeah psych he, tra- <laughs> he transforms into this man-sized stone hawk and his life bar goes fully back up and then he proceeded to just absolutely fucking annihilate me. <laughs> like, yeah. Another example, I, again, didn't gather his mechanic yet. Just, like, situationally looking at it, thinking I'm not doing something right. He could not take a single life unit off of him. Despite, I mean, I hit him I don't even know how many times, right? What? And, yeah, I couldn't get any life off his ass. He dive bombs onto you and then flies right back up where he'll do a spread laser attack down at you that really cooks and is very difficult to avoid. And yeah, man, I mean, this is to me, for me anyways, was a boss battle and a half. Like, I mean, what? Are, yeah, are you, well, you're cheating by now. Like, you're. No, like, I, I had no problems with this boss. Like, it, like, okay. As we said, destroyed him in his normal form. He turned into the bird. And, like, I really just had to, like, I maybe, I, I don't know if I died. Maybe I died, and then I came back and like okay, but like there's a clear pattern to the bird. Like he f- he flies down, you piece him up. He flies up, he shoots three projectiles. He got he dives down again. Like it's a very, I I really enjoyed this battle. Like I really did because I was like oh clear pattern, boom, got it. So I was able to easily take it out. 
I mean, it, yeah, it was. I'm not saying it was ever cheap. It's not cheap. It's it's just good and required discipline. And I I didn't. I mean, oh, I clicked I, this one immediately. I was like uh, locked in. No. So okay. So my path to victory was. So I would time out his swoops. So I'm either running away as he starts the dive. So he'll hopefully come up short, and you can quickly just turn and pop his ass. Which I'm looking at the, the playthrough, and I mean, yeah, it looks like you can cheese him to do this with a little more dependability than I was able to, to figure out. But so you pop his ass, and then he quickly ascends for that laser blast bit. And if you're hauling ass towards him with the intent of just sneaking beneath that lowest beam, you could kind of time that out too. Again, I'm looking at the playthrough, and he had like a crouch mechanic. He was able to just I means that's just knowing the game though. Like, there's no way. Like he he was stopping. This player was stopping with a crouch, like just where he knew the laser beam wasn't going to oh, be. Really? And yeah, yeah, and like that's 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 a, that's a, a level. Yeah, that's familiarity with the game that you're not going to have uh, in yeah. the play first time play that we were doing this with, but. Another interesting aspect of this, and I don't have the math, but his life bar does not deplete linearly. Yes, so this is where I really understood how this works. So the first number of hits, and I would say maybe 10-ish in my case with the sickle, took nothing off his life bar, which had me thinking he was invulnerable the first, I don't know how many times I battled him. I thought he was just invincible, man. And really? Yeah, so once you get that first bar off, which, like I said, like, took however many cycles of hitting him the rate at which you can hurt him increases on a continual basis until he's fully fragged. So, like, again, just like the samurai, once you started doing damage, it really cooks, but there was a long phase, I would say even longer than the one doing damage of, where I was doing no damage thinking I was doing something wrong. So that was, to me, you know, a very fucked thing. (laughs) I, I think I understood, like I said before, Exactly. Because of the way the last boss was. I'm like, okay, he changed form. I've got to break his shield, his imaginary shield. And that's kind of what happened here. Like, I know the, I can see the mechanic. I'm going to keep dodging this, these three. And then the life came off, you know, eventually. I did, yeah, I did so. not glean. Did not glean that part. So it took me a while, a frustrating while. His sprite sinks below ground, and we are on to the final stage. And all in all, yeah, maybe a dozen tries to figure out the winning way for me on him. So no small amount. Not you know, like I said, not impossible in all like calculable incremental. Uh, it wasn't damage incremental, but like you know, understanding his okay. I'm a little better at avoiding the laser beams. I'm a little better at avoiding his dives. Yeah, I kind of. Um, was able to learn a little something each time, but it took a while. Stage five one is the final fortress. And I feel like fortress is another one of these like really baked in video game terms of the late eighties, early nineties, like infiltrating a fortress. So you can steal some diskettes and then hack into the mainframe is all very simpatico. Oh, don't forget it's it's an impenetrable fortress. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So the manual description for this is reads the worst for last. Garuda himself is waiting for you as you enter his inner sanctum of evil. The toughest adversaries and meanest challenges lie between you and the master of evil. And I streamed my entire stage five experience as I first went through it. No plane beforehand whatsoever. And you can check that out on the Facebook page if you want to see all the trauma. And there was lots of it. <laughs> a, more, a more concise edit of the final boss battle is on the YouTubes. A link to that is in the show notes. And yeah, there's there's this. Well, I'll talk about that as we get there. Yeah, it's, it was a, it's a, if you enjoy watching people pissed off, there's a fun, it's a fun video probably. 
So we start here on another industrial platform, and the background is an entire cityscape burning in a raging fire. There's like some gutted apartment high-rises also peppered in the background. So just right there with Batman on the incredible background art, you know, like yeah. the, the, it's, the it's raging. It's not like static too. Like the fire yeah. is moving. So it's like, yep. go, go, go. Let's go. Yep. Ninja. Yeah. And actually, you know, that's worth saying too. Cause like Batman had those amazing backgrounds. Like the first stage in particular, I think was probably my favorite where, you know, you have like the shadowy, like the theater shadowy alleyway stuff in the background, but that was all static. That wasn't even in motion. You're right. Yeah, it wasn't so like this, right. Yeah. So this is fucking really, really nice looking stuff. So we start with a few Arakanas for the manual breakdown, which is aiming for a spin on Arachnid, as these very much are robotic jumping spiders, and they will land and lob a bunch of fireballs in all directions. And there are dependable safe gaps in the flight pattern of the fireballs, and you can learn those and avoid damage with some level of ease. And you can also lightweight stun lock them, With at least I was able to with the... With the Sickle, so that was nice. And then into some environmental challenges, the time bombs in the manual and these massive waves of energy that get fired both horizontally and vertically at you as you work your way through an ascent sequence. And you got to just kind of trial and error out the safe spots here to figure them out, you know, because some, some of yeah. it's even coming from off screen. You don't even know where the fuck it's coming from. So <laughs> that's just how video games worked at the time, even as much as that sucks, I think. <laughs> and then it's into another Arachna infestation. And this time they toss in a shit ton of time bombs. So there's no hope of rushing through it. You know, you got to just nah. take your time and incrementally knock each sprite out uh, of your life. Nah, and, Ninja, you better slow your ass down. Right. Yeah. Stop Ninja <laughs> option through this. Fucking take your time. These waves, man, these waves. I was not ready for this. Like, just trying to get, just getting through here. Like, I yeah. don't know about you. I died a lot. Oh, yeah. No, I say, as I said, you can't even, there's no way to know it. So you got to, like, fucking, you got to just, you got to die and learn where it's coming from. And then, like, okay, don't stand there. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, 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 100%. And so, um, so you, you got to, you, you work your way through this ascent sequence with that shit. And then you got to climb back down through another. And in here, you got to use the hanging stuff. In like real, in a really, really efficient manner. That you know, it's like all the shit you've learned, Ninja. Now it's time to like <laughs> really show us what you can do with this this climbing and, and hanging mechanic. And, and that was really cool to me as well. And man, it felt good too when you did it. It's like oh, that's it's just so clean. That like I said, yes, the climbing. It's such a clean feeling mechanic that when you when you do it well, it's just like oh god, that's so good. <laughs> just like the wall jump. Just yeah, like a little the wall faster, jump a little faster. I, I can do it without yeah. getting hit next time. Right. So we finally see some Power Fist cats after that, as well as some of the Geometrons. And the Power Fists are cyborgs with attachable fists that fly out in front of them. And I dig how they kind of just die in place once their fist gets blown up or runs out, you know? Like, they're, like, useless without their fist. Uh, That's cool. And the Geometrons are similar cyborgs, but they have these ray guns that fly out and back to their sprite in a teardrop shape, alternating up and down on the start of the flight pattern, you know, the platforming sequence they put these dudes in is really shitty, I think, but in line with how action platformer last stages probably should go. So not easy. And without saves coming, one of those things, that's kind of like the last stage of Batman too. Again, I can't stop making the comparison, like the cathedral, <laughs> that stage before Firefly and the fucking, or not Firefly. Uh, what was the last dude in that before the Joker, whatever he was moth. Oh no. Yeah. Firefly. Moth I think it was, yeah, uh, I think I think I think Firefly. I think Mothman was the the, the one at the end of the first stage, and Firefly was the one at the before Joker. Either way, the the cathedral before the last two bosses is just like fucking impossible, basically. Like without on OG hardware, like you just kill yourself. I don't see how you do it, but that's how it's supposed to be at this time. <laughs> stage five two, the final fortress. 
this is supposed to have a dojo feel, as best I can tell, and you bet your ass I fucking appreciate that. (laughs) Slashers and Hyperions are everywhere in this, so you're first in a horizontal sequence where you can get your feet wet on their mechanics, then in an auto-scrolling vertical sequence that is long where you have better have all your fucking kinks worked out on those yes. fucking cl- those climbing things or you're going to get your lunch money taken here. This is a serious serious stretch of the video game. It wasn't and, it wasn't particularly hard, but it was fun. You know, like yeah, it, it no, didn't take I mean, me much to do it, but it was like, all right, where's the ideal? Okay, I want I want to go that way, you know. Yeah, I mean, I kind of pick so, up do I want at the end. Here's what I appreciate. This motherfucker is using the homie ninja stars for this Told you, part man. right now. It's 20 like that's 2029. You better get your ninja star game up. Yeah, that would yeah, that's that would be way easier, obviously. So yeah, I like I was I found two different like going there were there were advantages to going both left and right. Like I don't think there's a I guess my point is there's not a perfect right answer, I don't think for this. I think it's kind of a personal preference and I like that that agency is given to the player like you know what do you want to climb more do you want to engage enemies like are you what, yes. what, what are you good at and what do you want to use it kind of it gives you that option i think which is cool for yeah. uh a, you know a, a home run stretch or a home stretch of a video game so yes yeah, so this is filled with this area is filled with a bunch of tiny platforms and those assholes are everywhere the same ones <laughs> that were in the b the horizontal sequence and they uh the spears that are flying out of the Hyperions because you're ascending on an auto scroll, like it's a whole fucking thing, you know, that you have to deal with. And it's, yeah, it's, it's not impossible. They're swinging those swords nonstop at you. Yeah. No, yeah. They're, yeah, these are very aggro enemies for sure. Yeah. It requires mastery of that hanging shit. And, (laughs) So there's not a ton to say uh, about this other than get good. At the top of it are two branching paths of ladders. At the bottom of each are item boxes. The left one is the scroll. The only time in the entire game I can recall getting this. This was and the only time you saw it? Oh. Yes. It's the only time I noticed. I mean, that's when you said that. I was like, yeah, okay. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so I, I guess then I saw it twice because I saw it okay. one time earlier and I forgot about this sequence because I, 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 I went the first time left then, because I had saved it before, and then I went right to see what the other one was, and I was like, "Oh, okay." okay. okay. So yeah, so you know, I I got a whole spiel here, but like, that's only one. Hmm. So you're only getting to level two with the katana. It's the only possibility here if you've had the sickle the whole game prior. So that's an important thing that that scroll didn't change me into level three of the katana. Uh, it was just level two that I was getting there. So, so it was definitely my... there were definitely multiple other scrolls then. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, if you had the missed. if you if you had the projectile, then for sure, yeah. Uh, but I mean, like I said, I was fine. You know, it didn't do any. It doesn't do anything to the sickle. So even if I would have picked it up, I might not even have noticed it. Uh, whatever. And so on the right side is a full health pickup, not just a half health pickup. So it's not impossible to get one of these, then scramble your ass off all the way up to the top platform as it scrolls, and then climb back down and grab the other one real quickly before the auto-scroll clips you off. You were able so that's to not, do that? Oh, I wasn't able to. No, no, I wasn't able to do it. But the video I would eventually watch to not break, my, not break my laptop, I saw someone do it, so I know it's possible. Uh, yeah, that's the only reason. I certainly was not doing it myself. Even, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, honestly, like, I... Try to, and, like, I don't see how I could have done anything faster. Like, I'm, like, running my head into the screen <laughs> as it's trying to get to the ladder, get the ladder on enough to climb. Like I, like, I don't know how I could have done the ascent any faster. And I guess the down has a little bit of variance to it, maybe. I, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I don't know how I could have done it any faster, and I was not able to do it. But yeah. it is possible. I saw it happen. So, yeah, a really cool part of this is as soon as you start up the ladders, the music fades out. 
and there's just a low droning sound breaking up what feels like very close to silence as you work your way to the reveal of the final boss battle arena. And that is just, again, just such attention to detail of like presenting this as a cinematic, you know, thing and not just a video game. So just really, 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 really good. And this is just, in general, even without that lead into it, this would be a dope-ass setting for an epic boss battle. It is so, looks so fucking great. You're on the roof of a dojo, or the, the dojo. There are huge dragon statues standing right. on each edge of the... Those are the best, man. Yeah, yeah, standing on each other's screen, and they're like, you know, they're lit from kind of below, so a lot of it's just in shadow, and it, yeah, it just looks fucking great. They look, they look absolutely fantastic. And those things will actually shoot fireballs down at you, only on occasion, though, not normally. So they use these as a way to keep you from hanging out on the ladders, out of, out of the, mm-hmm. like, basically safely on ladders, which is, you know, good. That's good game design to not be able to cheese the shit that way, yep. you know. So that was that was a cool choice. And yeah, so otherwise they don't fuck with you, though, which is great, you know. Cause they, that would, them going all the time with those would have made this a real motherfucker. So that was, oh, I yeah. guess, kind of them. So it's nighttime also, and most of the background is a starry sky, and there are distant city lights that appear to be in a place that is not on fire, like we saw, like what we saw on five one. So there is a place that Garuda doesn't want to just burn to the ground. I guess that's what a kind uh, uh, evil nemesis he is. So then, an old man in a green suit and cape appears in the middle of the platform with his arms crossed. Your attacks affect him not when he's in the state. And after a few seconds of this taunting, he leaps up into the air, nearly off the screen, and then morphs into a big-ass predator-looking motherfucker, enabled with ninja options, and then falls back to the platform to start dishing out some serious whoop-ass. And... (laughs) So, okay, so, did you beat this dude? Of course. First question. Uh, Of course. Okay, okay. Well... This was Dracula. Is that that a question? Are you saying you might not have beat him? Uh, I spent it. I. It was a. It was a. It It took a while. It took a while. The possibility exists for sure. This was Dracula Castlevania territory for me, dude. Like this dude was a motherfucker. And yeah, again, same thing. Like man, I you know. Yes, I beat that guy before this, but like, there's just no feedback of that shield phase, and I just. It's already hard enough, and there's just you gotta, no... You gotta, like, know by now, like, all right, that's just baked in. I don't know, man, because there's just no feedback, so I just don't know. And, like, I guess, you know, it's, it's funny. Well, he so. flashes when you hit him. Like, that's your feedback. Is like, there's, like, a red-blue flash that you know you did damage, even though it's not taking off. That's That, to me, let me know. But that meter trumps all, man. That meter, know, a meter trumps all, dude. A meter but trumps this, all. But this would get to the point where, like... Like, yes, I died many times, but I knew, like, I had his mechanic memorized by the end. So I knew, jump, move, dash, dash, fight, fight, jump again, duck, fight. Like, I had his mechanic memorized by the end, like, down pat. So it, it just, it just you know, once you got used to knowing what he did and what to expect. So you're using, are you using the katana? On, no, I'm using on, the shurikens. You're using, using the shurikens. Oh, so fuck, dude. Yeah. Again, projectiles. Yeah, that's a different, different fucking territory for sure. But I was like, I was jumping. But at the same time, though, I would be up close enough to him. Whereas even if I had like the katana wave, I'm still hitting him. Like any weapon, I probably would have still been hitting him because of where I was. Okay. You know. Well, dude, I came so close to quitting on this battle, man. I was, yeah, dude, I was, I was, I fought him so many damn times without knocking a single unit of life off of him. And I was irate, man. Like I thought, cause here's again, it said it's, it's this lack of 
trust that I have yeah. I have buried deep inside of me. So I have I have this weapon and or upgrade I need to deal damage on him at all, and I don't have it. Is my is my thinking here? So yeah, yeah. So I feel yeah. like you're you're at a massive disadvantage because either shurikens or the katana here. You're you can do damage unless you're way far away, you know. But you you're kind of fucked. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, man. So like you know. Yeah, it was fucked, dude. So yeah, like so I all I die so many times, and like I'm thinking like okay, I must need the katana for this. Fine, that's reasonable. It's like the katana for the ninja. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. So I junk my save state. I let it go to the continue option, which uh -huh. I thankfully had ran out of. So I take the setback all the way to five two. Thank God it started me there and not five one on this. So that was a, a nice realization. Uh, so I go all the way through it, get to the end. With my katana now, and what I even level, have the, just the normal or like projectile katana. I not projectile because I'm only oh. get to two. You know, I'm only have two, so okay. I'm starting at five two. There's no katana upgrade prior to the scroll in the, uh, oh. on the ascent there, right? So yeah, super fucked. So I'm and again I'm streaming the whole thing this whole time I'm streaming right. So at thirty four forty eight in my play stream, what in the fuck is happening here? What kind of stupid ass Nintendo Entertainment bullshit is this? <laughs> is is my instinctual response after oh. I go do this and then and then die again, right? So then I immediately proceed to look up FAQs that prove to be useless. I mean, they just tell me to like fucking hit them. It's whatever, you know. They don't even explain the armor thing. They're just like, yeah, you gotta hit them a bunch, and yeah, it's hard, but whatever. And then I watch a play vid of a speedrunner that confirmed there is no special tactic. You need to just go battle with this fucker to do it. So I'm like, what the fuck? And then, dude, I'm watching the speedrunner, and the speedrunner had the sickle. So I let it go, my continue go again, and play through 5-2 again to get the sickle back. Because I'm like, that's my optimal situation. If I oh, can do it that way. That's the subpar weapon. Oh, my uh, gosh, dude. Uh, dude I, was, I mean, you know, at this point... I'm fairly lethal throughout 5-2, so it's not even a big deal. I have to go back yeah. through it. So that wasn't, by the third time, no big deal. But I get back up there. Safe's coming my ass off so I can have a full life bar and get the scroll item, you know. Which, again, I'm not even sure does anything for the fucking for that one. sickle, but who knows. Better safe than sorry, I guess. So, yeah, I planted my save state flag just as the old man was jumping up to the air. And then I'm like, all right, let's fucking do this, man. And then I proceeded to beat my head against the wall doing zero damage for another 12 minutes on this video, dude. So at 5205... I have not taken a fucking hit off. Fuck this game. And I throw my controller on the desk and storm away from my laptop. So I take a piss. I come back a couple minutes later with the camera still rolling. <laughs> And oh. I checked, this is when I learned actually that I, I checked the Facebook comments to see if, like, I was hoping someone had some information, basically. So I pull up Facebook and look at the feed and see if there's any comments with some fucking insight of how to deal with this yeah. dude. And you fucking tumbleweeds there, you Lord disciple motherfuckers. <laughs> no help at all. Not a single fucking bit of information to help me. So I forget to close the app and it's just, it's just playing on the goddamn desk on my desktop now while i'm recording so i got this feedback sound in the video like so like paired with the botch framing of the retro arc screen which i didn't realize had gotten offset because of the way i had moved it and then the general shittiness of my save scumming play and then i had now i have the fucking the audio feedback it's got to be just the worst 
video game stream in the history of video game streams. <laughs> but so nice. so I pick, I pick it back up and like I don't know man like something must have happened during the piss. I don't know what it was. I can't explain it. I cleared the mechanism like Kevin Costner and for the love of the game perhaps. And I was just in the fucking zone, man. And I beat on the next try. It was wild as fuck to me. Like once he starts losing his life, that meter burns off fast as shit. Yeah. And I I can't even like <laughs> dude, you know, I like I know the game is good for this exact reason because this is I don't have any control. This was like instinctual shit. And like my response when I beat that dude Fuck you! Yeah! <laughs> Dude, it felt so epic. It was great. It was so fucking great. So satisfying. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Really, really difficult. And like I said, I threw my controller. I was done. I took that piss. And I'm, you, know, you, you know, you stand there, you're pissing. And, like, I was drinking coffee, I'm sure. So I had a long piss. And I'm standing there that whole time just stewing. I'm like, no, fuck that. I'm beating that motherfucker. And I walked back out of here and fucking did it, you know? <laughs> like, it's just fucking great, dude. It felt oh, fucking awesome. Great, dude. It, yeah. it, it was tough, too, man. Because at the end, like, yeah, you were taking his life down. But I died maybe 10 times like towards with his life going oh, down. Oh, really? Because the mechanic. Because he, uh, he breaks mechanic. It's It's like... It's almost like in ESO terms, like he goes berserk or yeah, like kind of like Demio, right. he goes berserk and he all of a sudden starts doing short jumps and shooting. And yeah, he, yeah, he does. Thing. He does change the and mechanic. And so I died right. multiple times like, oh, yep. see, I didn't. Yeah. But I mean, when I, you know, I was, I certainly had some life taken off for sure. And I was yeah. getting close. And yeah, I mean, I don't remember the exact number, but it was rather low. So yeah, I mean, I had on top of just the fact that I was beating them. Yes. There was also the elation of like, I saw after I was so close, the possibility of not getting to the finish line there. So, like, when I killed him, I was, like, extra, like, whoa, whoa. So there's not only elation, but also relief, you know, all the, the maximum level of response yeah. that you can get from being, beating a video game boss. Yeah, it was just so good, dude. So good. So he blows up with the blue explosion. Then the orange explosion is screen wide before all fades to black for your victory cinematic. And so the end credits, there's great music. A red-tinted image of Garuda scrolls across the screen. Then it cuts to the heroes in a blue tint. Copy on the bottom of the screen reads, At the end of the life and death struggle. And then it cuts to a purple-hued shot of Garuda. The image behind you right now, I believe. And his yeah. chest is slashed open, like a really cool image, you know? And it's like, just this like light coming out of it, right? Yeah, not, not blood or anything. So just like some sort of ethereal whatever. And then the text says, Garuda was overthrown. And then cut to the hero standing over Garuda's slain body on the ground. And it kind of, sort of looks like the guy has his arms around the girl in a romantic embrace of sorts. But it's shattered enough to leave some ambiguity to it, you know, which I think is, a, again, a nice touch. Like, maybe, maybe not. You know, like a good movie ends. Like, I like when movies end. You're kind of like, you got some interpretation left to do. Like, you know, it's like, not explicit. Did they, did they yeah, not? Right, right, yeah. So, nice touch there. And the copy for that is two ninjas vanish into the darkness to prepare for the next battle. They then fade away, leaving Garuda's body there. So, like, the image, you know, it's like an animation. They fade out, and the same shot of Garuda's on the ground there stays. Really cool. Then you cut to the end credit roll and another peppy tune. Very movie style with text moving from bottom to top. And 
more names you often see for an NES game, I would say. Plenty of code names in there. Then the roll stops on copyright 1990 Natsumi, and the music plays forever if you want it, as it should be done for a game ending. So a beautiful, beautiful, well done in sequence, I would say. All the reward you could ask for out of an NES game. That was taxing, to say the least. So... That's the one-player experience, and we did get in a couch co-op this morning before we jumped on. Got to, what did we get through? It was like into stage 4-1, I think, with those five oh, like continues. like 4-2, something like that. Yeah, we were it's somewhere okay. in there. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, not bad, I think, for a very difficult game. And, and pretty know, quickly, didn't... too, man. Like, we, yeah. we compared to my one-player playthrough. Right. Because you're not taking notes and shit. Yeah, yeah no. and you just... already have some experience, too. Yeah. Like, yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I think that all the more testament to the couch, couch co-op goodness, I guess. Yeah. Uh, for lack of a better way to put it, is that it, you know, it's like Contra. You just cook, man. It's just like really fun, really high action, really good. And yeah, you feel, we talked about it, like they don't scale the enemies, I don't believe, not that I was able yeah, to notice. it doesn't notice. seem like that at all. So you do, it gets easier to play it with two ninja options. <laughs> and that's great, you know, really, really cool. So, um, yeah. So there I wonder were, if that was like the plan. You know, I wonder if they did that. I mean, dude, if there's a couch co-op you know? there, it should be, yeah. That's yeah. the optimal way to play it, I think, you know. So, yeah, I, I think that's the way to interpret it, that, you know, playing on one player is there because, sure, but the reason they made the functionality for two ninjas to be playing at once together is because that's how the experience should be, you know. So, yeah, yeah. I think I agree that's the right way to look at it. And, yeah, there were even sequence. you know, there was the one instance I remember where, like, I was able to, you're, like, engaging the one enemy over here. It was one of those shooting cyborgs. You're mm-hmm. engaging the one enemy on this side and kind of, like, keeping him busy. I'm able to get over him and just basically pop him in the back of the head because he's yep. busy with you. And, like, that is how the co-op should feel, like, true yes. teamwork, you know. So, you know, you get that vibe for sure. You know, you still have, there are situations where I felt I was, like, telling you not, don't clip me off screen. We didn't actually have it happen, so yeah, I don't even know that. if it does kill you. Yeah. But the fear was there, and that's certainly a problem because it's not going to split screen or anything. We're not that advanced here. But, but I feel like that was like the only instance. Otherwise, I was kind of right. like, "There's no friendly fire." So it's otherwise, right. like, "Let let's go." Yep. Know? Yeah. No, it was very very good, and um, yeah, man, just very low uh, fucking drama for what I'm going to say in the next segment. But another good part of it. So I guess let's have that discussion. <laughs> Stage four theme, bringing us into the verdict, whether or not we shall bestow the blessing of King Loric onto this title, Shadow of the Ninja, a.k.a. Blue blue Shadow. Yeah. Since, I, since, yeah. <laughs> since I had the less trying experience based on our recount uh, to date here with this, this potting, uh, I, I'll just say it right up front. I mean, it's a top five title, top 5% title in the NES library, I think. Woo! Like, blessing is given, and frankly, I suggest you run out to your adware-riddled website of choice and obtain the means by which to play this game immediately if you've never done so, as I had not. Uh, you know, like that, everything, all the thing, all my boxes. Like, the final boss accomplishment shit, oh my god, was it epic and hard and incrementally... Well, no, it wasn't incremental, I guess. I mean, the, you know, like you said, even 
when I wasn't doing damage, yes, I was... That was why it was even more frustrating, perhaps, is that I was getting good, er, anyways, mm -hmm. at learning his patterns and getting hits in without e doing whole cycles without even taking damage and shit. So, like, I was getting better at it, but but the mirror was not progressing. So I think that's probably where the most frustration comes out of, is, like, I feel a progress, but I see the proof of it not being progress. And, like, that, to me, is a, is a butting of heads in game mechanics. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> you know, but, uh, yeah, once, once I cracked the nut... Holy shit, was it good? And and yeah. that is 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 all you can ask uh, of that part of a video game. And yeah, I mean aesthetically, music, it's fucking perfect. It's perfect. It's perfect. It's perfect yeah. by NES standards. So I just, I cannot. I guess maybe my biggest thing about that I would want to say, as as like the my takeaway from this is how in the fuck had I never heard of it? How in the fuck is this just not like on the Mount Rushmore See. of NES games from this era. Like, holy shit. <laughs> I think this is one of those titles that is one of my, my nameless titles, you know, like, that got rented, picked up, and I was like, I had a lot of fun. What was the name of that game? I, I don't know, man. There was ninjas and platforming. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Shadow of the Ninja definitely sounds black, Wrath of Black Mana, like, you right, know, fucking, like... yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? I don't know, man. They're all the same. <laughs> <laughs> But this one is so. That's what my point, though. I guess is that even with that ambiguity in the marketing, mm -hmm. the quality is so high. Like I don't. Yeah, I don't even. I guess it's two pronged in that. Like, yes, I'm also surprised I didn't see it as a kid. But that's more. That's possible. I mean, shit flies by when your kids are idiots. I was extra stupid when it comes to like <laughs> awareness of like the full yeah. landscape of gaming at the time. Uh, but I don't see how this isn't a game. That I mean, I watch all kinds of dumb YouTube shit about games. I list, I follow a million podcasts. I've never seen a podcast done in this game. I've never, at least, I guess that's not true necessarily. Whoa. I guess, yeah, I, I guess it's possible because when I like when I find a new podcast, I'm sure I've said this on the pod before. When I find a new podcast and I dive in, I just consume the whole backlog. I can't listen to someone talk about a game I don't know. So I'm only doing games I know. So I guess, and like you said, this is where what you said plays into it is this game would sound like any other ninja game. And I don't know that one. Immediately. So maybe yeah. it has been uh, covered to some degree, but I haven't noticed it. And I would think even by accident by now, I would have just fucking no. with the. No, you would. I'm telling you it. this. I'm telling you, it's a name. It, ambiguity. It's, it's kind of like. Games that I only know the names now because we keep because of this podcast. If yeah. we had not started this podcast, I, I like there's games I I can remember the gameplay like Shatter Hand and like Shatter Fist and Power Blade and like these games that I know I rented and, and played through them and they were fun. But I'm like they're interchangeable. Like I don't know, man. They all sound the same. Throw '90s words together. It's magical. Yeah. Yep. Like and think about it also. From another angle, whenever we do our Nintendo Power Mags, look at the look at those top tens. Like look when we took a look at the top ten, top twenty five, it's always like, hell yeah, like this is the hot and it's like who's gonna argue with these? And like those are titles you're gonna recognize. You're gonna recognize yeah. your Mario three, your Mike Tyson's punch out. Like Power yeah. Ninja Blade, Shadow Mist. But I guess that's Rockets, kinda my I guess you know? you know what that that again, counterpoint to the counterpoint to the counterpoint, <laughs> dude. Like 
what you're saying is basically like this probably does make it into the bottom 20, right? Where that's just a little tiny list on the right hand side where yeah, there's no it's, pictures. It's somewhere right? in there. Yeah. Right. And like, again, then you only have the title and it's just like, I don't know that title. I can't even see the screen to see it looks cool. <laughs> it just doesn't even register. Yeah. So, but I guess my point is that this is so good that it should have, I should have seen the screenshot and I should have oh. been like, Wanted, I want to know more of that because look how high it is on this list and I can't even miss it because there it is, you know? So like, it's that good. It's, it's, it, it, if it, and here's the thing, we'll probably see it in there now that we know of it and it probably will get in there and whatever. And I'll just, you know, all this is moot, but yeah, but it deserves to be. I just, I guess the point of this is, does it deserve to be? And it does deserve to be. It's that fucking I, good. Counterpoint yeah. to that. We almost beat it in like twenty minutes. Like we, yeah, yes, we played through it. Yes, we played through it beforehand. But like as a kid, when you're like, like, Nintendo NES controller is what I know. I'm I'm used to that. Like I'm into the mode. Like that might be a super still a super quick game to beat. I don't know. We'll see. But Contra, man, Contra. The benchmark Contra's for this is like Contra. freaking 12 stages that are long and hard. What are you talking about? You you can beat Contra, especially with a 30 Contra's life code. much longer. No, no, no way. No way. Let's do it. Right. Let's fucking play the fucking elevator music. Let's go. Let's. So this playthrough, most of these playthroughs for Shadow of the Ninja are like 26, 27 minutes. I guarantee you the first three Contra playthroughs are shorter than that. I guarantee you. Contra full run with no deaths, 15 minutes, 19 minutes. I told you. I told you, dude. I told you. There you go. I told you. Contra is super fast. And that's, that, anyway, that's another discussion for another time. That's crazy. Crazy talk to me. <laughs> I'll have to investigate this later. <laughs> I'm telling you, dude. That's anyway. Contra. Contra is the benchmark for that kind of game, that kind of thing. Uh, Yeah. Did I have fun? I did have fun. I think, especially before my forced break of, of travel, um, I was rolling through, like I said, like having really, really no issues and like enjoying it. Not even taking a lot of notes, just take it like taking mental notes, but just having fun. Um, and you know, it was just, you know, a, I wanted to try the game genie codes and B, you know, I just kind of forgot how useful the freaking katana could really be once it got like the, that to its full power. But I also think I was also disappointed at first with the freaking sickle, because in my mind, I'm thinking, like, I'm going to be able to be swinging with that, like, strider or something, and that's not able to do that. So I was like, I was like, eh, whatever, shurikens, blades, uh, and I'm having fun. The music's good, you know, it, if, would I recommend this game to somebody else, especially two-player mode? Yeah, hell yeah, like, let, let's jump on that. And then if this was remastered, <laughs> yeah, I'd play that. So, yeah, I, I would give it the blessing. Even though I was having, even though I was struggling at one point, um just because of where I was at and not wanting to kind of start over. Um, it was still fun. It was still a fun game. And clearly with the two player, like I wanted to keep playing two player, like let's start over. Let's go. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. fun. Yeah, dude, when you were texted yesterday about fucking cheat codes and sh- or the retro arc stuff, I was like, I can't believe this is like, this is so up Jay's alley. I cannot believe he's <laughs> no, having I, any I was having fun. It was experience. more of just like that specific situation. And I was just like, Oh, you know, it was, I, it was more, I made it sound more dire than it actually was. I was actually having a very good time up until that and wanted to make sure that, you know, I could keep it going instead of like, like I said, the hitbox, hitbox issues, which are not an issue when you play the game with the weapons intended, you know? So. Right. 
Fair, fair, fair. Okay, double blessing as I would have expected. Good to see another banger um, unexpectedly discovered here on our main yeah. quest uh, fucking parade through the lineage of old video games. So, Jay, normally I would just rip into a spiel here of what we're doing next, and that if we were to stay the course uh, as we traditionally would, would be going into Nintendo Power 18, but I wanted to pose perhaps our little kind of side idea we cooked up uh, in an episode recently about the Super Mario Brothers 3 tangent. Do you want to do our next episode on Super Mario Brothers 3 under the Kill Quest guys and use the strategy guide, um, which we just recently passed in our Nintendo Power lineage as well, as an accompanying piece of literature of antiquity? Ooh, I think we have to do that. I think I'll, think I'll play it. I have to play it a different way. I love this. I've, I've beat it so many times. I have to play it like on a Switch or something. I'll, yes, let's let's do some Mario Three. This is the game. Okay, the game. So instead of Nintendo Power Eighteen next, which we'll do after this, we will do a whole episode <laughs> on Epic. Epic. Jay claims to be the greatest video game on the NES. I don't agree, but it's good. Uh, Dude, have you seen the movie? Really much the movie's great. Like, it's all about Mario. No, I have not. Everything's about Mario. Are you fucking Josh, serious? Come on. Do you really think I'm watching that? <laughs> Do you really think I'm going to go to a theater and financially support that kind of movie? you got to be kidding me. you got to be kidding me. I, I that, that hurts my heart to hear. But Really? It should yeah. be expected. <laughs> I, I, might, I might be willing to watch it once I know they're not receiving any money for me to do so. Uh, but I no way in fuck am I supporting that in a That's theater. That's fair. Yeah, support and, Xbox and, first. I, I, understandable. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we'll do that next. Super Mario Bros. Three and a, a you know long awaited thing that we you know is probably somewhat shameful that we haven't done already. So we'll we'll get that out of our our way and we so we can um, yes. responsibly continue on through our. Uh, timeline of, of U.S. console video gaming history. So we'll do that next. Subscribe to the pod on the platform provider, whatever dumbest company that says your pottery. If uh, you want to be notified when that episode comes out, and please rate and leave positive shit for the pod on that podcast platform of choice or any other for that matter, if you in anticipation want to praise us for that episode coming down the pipe. Website is nyhentertainment.com forward slash ISOH pod. You can email us directly at isohpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow the pod on Facebook and or Instagram. Link to the YouTube gameplay videos playlist is in the show notes. Also, there's the ISOH subreddit if you want to get down with us on there. We don't have a Patreon, but if you like giving money to things podcasters tell you to and would like to do so in our direction, the Able Gamers Foundation creates custom gaming rigs for gamers with disabilities. That is cool as fuck. Ablegamers.org is where you can find them. There are t-shirts on the website for the podcast with podcast branding. We have the main quest ones. We have the side quest one with the chaos and the four dead ninjas below him that you can get. Um, all those all those are on the website, and they're dope, and proceeds on those after pot expenses go to Able Gamers. Jay, what are your socials? Gentleman JB without the second E. That is my gamer tag. That's where you can find me on Facebook, Instagram. That's kind of where I'm at. I am on Instagram at my shift key is broke. I am on Twitter at Josh Follen, and my Oculus tag is my shift key is broke. If you want to quake death match in the event that's possible. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye.